Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 101 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I am one of your hosts, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by the new adopter of all things PlayStation Tech, Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this morning, sir? What up? I'm doing very good at the moment. It's a day off work. It's a beautiful thing. It is, man. I've been looking forward to this day of all days during this week because we had a couple of days off due to the holidays and had to go back to work for a couple of days. So having this day off is pretty nice. For sure. And I feel like the first long weekend we had off with it being Christmas is typically more busy than the New Year's long weekend is, at least nowadays. Maybe when I was 21, New Year's was busy, too, but it's not really busy now. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that busy. I mean, I, I had a few busy days at work, but like now it's going to kind of just fall off for me, I guess. Totally. I feel it, man. Well, welcome. Glad to have you here. We'll talk about Christmas shortly after we get Mr. Slugger JD in the mix, a.k.a. the Closet Streamer. How are you doing, sir? I'm on the roof today. You're on the roof. Fantastic. Roof of the house. Soon you're going to be calling us from crawl spaces all over America. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tap in a Starlink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. I kind of feel bad hearing about your guys' time off situation because I've been off since uh, the 22nd was my first day off. I don't go back till the 3rd. Oof. Damn, dude. I mean, that is... The... Oh, that's amazing. I'm kind of at the point where it's like almost too long where <laughs> I feel like I'm just wasting away. Yeah. I think if you're going to do a staycation sort of thing and not going to travel, after like two weeks, you get a little stir crazy. At least I do. I've been sitting here like, what is my life? What am I doing? (laughs) Just hard gaming, dude. (laughs) That's all. That's all it's been. I can only do that, honestly, for like two days before I start to feel bad about myself. (laughs) And then I'm like, I need to go. I need to go do some socializing or go exercise or something like that. Yeah, for sure. But I totally on the break that is how our work used to be for daryl and i we used to historically get two weeks off around the holidays if you've been listening to the show for a while you'll remember that because we were hardcore gaming during those times as well just online for like a week straight but recently last year and this year they've gotten rid of that and so this year we only had i mean we do have two four-day weekends in a row but we were either required to use pto or go in for wednesday thursday this week so that was a little bit of a bummer. Now, Daryl did longer days than I did, for sure. I think I did like four-hour days each day. But still, you know, I still still had to do something. That money is not going to make itself. Someone's got to make the money. Someone's got to do it, dude. And if you include drive time, I was basically there for six hours. So, you know, <laughs> it was still, which I wouldn't have done if I wasn't going to work. So I count it. I count it. But very good. Welcome, guys. Thank you for your time. I hope that you both had wonderful Christmases. And so I kind of want to camp out on that for a second and just just chat. Daryl, you have got a very nice gift, which we alluded to into your uh, introduction there. But how was your Christmas celebration and what kind of fun gifts did you get or practical gifts? Uh, Christmas was cool, man. So I actually went home for Christmas. Um, I grew up in L.A., so it's been a couple years since I've seen my family. So I uh, went to go visit them for Christmas. I spent like five days out there with them, which was really cool. The day I I arrived actually was like the Christmas party for like my family. So there was like a ton of people there. Got to see a lot of aunts and uncles, cousins I hadn't seen in years, which was good but then it was a little sad because you know a lot of them a lot of my cousins had kids 
you know, they were expecting kids. Uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles, they got some ailments and they're just getting older. So it was, it, it was kind of sad to see him, you know, after all this time, but I was really happy just to see him again. Sure. And uh, yeah, you know, Christmas, I got a, I got a few things for Christmas. So I got a PSN gift card. I got some clothes and um, I actually got one press uh, Christmas present early. So for my trip, uh, my wife gave me a present to open early, and then like right away, I kind of knew what it was. But I, tried, I played dumb. I was like, "Oh, what's this?" <laughs> I was like, "Open it." I was like, uh, "Can I just open it when we get back?" I knew what it was. I really wanted to open it, but I was just I was putting on charade for it. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. She's like, I "No, it. just open it." <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Just open it." I'm like, "All right, all right, I'll open it." And you, t- you you talked me into it, so I opened it. My wife got me a PlayStation Portal Ooh. for Christmas. Let's go. So Fuck, dude, I, those are hard to find yeah. too. Yeah, they are indeed. So I've been looking like everywhere that's that sells these things: Target, Best Buy, Amazon. They are out of stock, and a lot of them you, that you do find, uh, you know, scalpers already got their hands on them. So my wife actually found a decent price for a portal on eBay. It was only two forty. So she she picked it up right away. I've been playing it since. I tried it out while I was down in LA, you know, fired it up. And sure enough, I was playing on the portal as if I was playing inside my house. So that was really cool. I was playing some games while I was down in LA for Christmas. That is so crazy. You can be that far away on that thing and play your PlayStation 5, basically. Yeah, you definitely got to be hard hardline. You know, you got to have that thing hooked up. Because yeah. when I tried it off the Wi-Fi, um, when I originally had my PS5, uh, you know, playing off the Wi-Fi, it, it was terrible. It would just lose connection, like, within the first minute. So definitely got to hook that thing up. Okay. And so basically the way it works is you can you have to leave your PlayStation in rest mode or something, and then you can just play it and play whatever on the portal from afar. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's just remoting into your PS5, so it does need to be on rest mode. I've tried it where it was on rest mode and actually powered down. It won't turn on when it's powered down. Uh, there's a couple times where I'm like, why is this not turning on? Come back home, my PS5 was off, so it gotcha. needs to be on rest mode for the portal to actually work on its end. And uh, yeah, you know, whatever, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be like as if you're playing on your PS5, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's so sick. Man, I'm glad it's working well for you because the first initial things I'd heard about it were pretty mixed in terms of how well it worked for people and what connection speed it had and all that kind of stuff. So I think the hardwire shout out is pretty cool and does make sense. Uh, but yeah, that's a fantastic gift. Oh my gosh. I'm just happy we got another remote play believer. I've been fucking banging the remote play drum for the last two or three years in the Discord. Everyone's like, ah, oh, look at Slugger playing on the couch like a peasant. <laughs> look at him, look at him laying in bed while the kids control the TV. I'm like, I, I get it, but remote play has always worked great for me. So I've I'm stoked to pick up a portal one of these days whenever they come in stock. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think it really depends on your lifestyle and stuff too. When you have kids, it makes so much sense. I feel like to have something like the portal or have you know remote play as an option when you're just trying to squeeze in 10 or 15 minutes like around the day as you can and stuff like that, and you might not have access to your TV. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, maybe I'll get there. I, I first need to be an adopter of the idea of downloading PlayStation Plus games. Once I conquer that hill, then I will. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll approach backing up my saves on the cloud, and then after that, I can approach <laughs> remote play. Very good. Well, I'm glad you had a nice Christmas, Daryl. Uh, Slugger, what about you? How was yours? How was your holiday celebration? Uh, it was good. We did not travel, like I alluded to earlier. We stayed home. I think I've mentioned this before, but like us going home is always more stressful than it is like relaxing. Like, I mean, it's good to see people, but my parents are divorced and my wife's parents are divorced. So my kids, I mean, we have two sets of parents or really four families total we got to see. My kids got four sets of grandparents they need to see. And like, so we always go home in like September. We go around Labor Day where it's like, hey, maybe people have some extra time off. You know, the the cousins aren't quite back in school yet or they're about to go back to school. So we squeeze in there at the end of summer. And even doing that around no major holidays is stressful. Um, I can't imagine going home for Christmas and having four families fighting over like, oh, come to our house. Come right. to our house. No, wait, we need to do Christmas here. Let's do Christmas there. Which, and, which like, movies do you watch? Which traditions do you do? Yeah, that sounds complicated. It, so it's like, we'll just stay home. Christmas will be our, you know, that'll be our special time here. Oh, and by the way, we've done birthdays up up in New York, and we always tell people, no presents. For the love of God, please, no presents. If you want to get the kids presents, like, ship them to where we live. And no one ever listens, because they're like, they got to open something. It's their birthday. And then next thing we know, we're, like, buying a whole extra suitcase while we're home to put presents in. Oh, I hate that. Um, I absolutely hate that. Yeah. So we stayed home. Um, it was good. The kids, my daughter loved the whole day. She had a blast the whole day. My son loved it for about 30 seconds and then went into total meltdown mode. So it wasn't as much fun for him. We did our best <laughs> to kind of keep the little Grinch happy all day. Poor guy. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what it was about. He was just, he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I guess. Some of the wrapping uh, paper must have offended him or scared him, <laughs> you know. Too crazy yeah. in its designs. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was good shit on the present side, since I'll, I'll cover some presents. Uh, I did not get a PlayStation portal. My wife did tell me she tried, but they were out of stock everywhere. So she went for second in my lineup of ideas that I gave her. And she got me the DualSense Edge, which I am equally as excited about as I would be with the PlayStation portal. Yeah. Um, the controller's sick. I it, It's heavier. It's sturdy. There's tons of settings. Like when you map it to your system it immediately pops up and it's like here's a whole tutorial for this controller and it pulls up all these different like ui menus i've never even seen before in the ps5 Whoa. just stuff that's not available to the dual sense at all and um you can adjust like i don't know how to do any of this stuff I'm, i need to toy with it but you can adjust like the dead zone mm. sensitivity on the triggers so it'll tell you like hey if you're playing first person shooters like setting your dead zone uh like mapping on your sticks to this setting will result in like better twitchier movements. Or if you're sniping, like this one's good. And it like walks you through all the different like settings they have in there. You get the back paddles and you have two different options. You can put buttons in the back or you can put the paddles in the back. I've been rocking the paddles. I haven't, I've dabbled with it a little bit in Chia, which I will talk about later. And it's kind of nice mapping like a jump button to the back. Like now I don't have to pull my thumb off the right stick to jump. So yeah. just little things like that, I think, are going to go a long way to uh, making games more enjoyable where I 
you know, those valuable seconds of your fingers leaving the right thumbstick uh, are saved. So, yeah, really happy about that present. I also want to shout out my father-in-law. He got a hookup somehow. His nephew, my wife's cousin, knows someone who works on the Buffalo Bills. And he bought a Josh Allen jersey, which is the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Gave the guy who works for the team the Josh Allen jersey to bring to Josh Allen himself. Had him sign it. And then shipped it to me. Wow. Which is cool as shit. So... Wow. He got it all uh like framed and everything. Now it's just a matter of trying to figure out where to like Damn, that's present. an intense gift. Yeah. My wife was a little annoyed. She's like, Dad, how are you gonna go and like beat me at Christmas? He's my husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is a that's a <laughs> nice gift, dude. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. He was like, Oh, it's just the cost of a jersey. Like it's nothing extravagant. And she's like, Yeah, but it's the legwork and the the sen- the sentimental value of it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like nothing's gonna top that for years. Right. I'm now like, eh, now she's not wrong. Standards are set too high, you know? Yeah. So very, very good Christmas. Wow. I'm very curious to hear more about the edge as you continue to use it. Here's my first thing though. What just happened to getting good with the default controls, guys? What is going on in the world where, like, now if you want to be good at a shooter, you need this special bumpers and controllers and blah, blah, blah. It's like, or you could just not let anyone use that shit and just see who's the best with the normal setup, you know? That's what I'll say. I think I always yeah. play default always on shooters, okay? I do default, no aim assist, no vibration. Boom. That's it. That's the level of settings you need. Some other interesting things I didn't mention about it you can change the mapping of every single button on the controller. So if the X button is jump in a, in a game, and I say, no, I don't want the jump button there, um, I can map it to any other button on the controller. Now, you have to change it every time you switch out games, but you can store different profiles. So I can like make a Call of Duty profile and be like, I like my controller set up this way for Call of Duty. And then I can just select that profile before I go into the game and it'll like automatically restore to the settings that I set up for Call of Duty, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And then they have trigger blockers on the back. This is what I'm talking about. Which are just these these little switches. And instead of pressing the full range of R2 to like fire a gun in Call of Duty, you maybe only have to pull it like a quarter of the way versus the full travel. So just really cool little like quality of life things there. But like you said, it gives you the edge. It does give you the edge, which I have no issue with <laughs> at all for things. I think what would be great about that controller, I'm already fantasizing about playing a Souls game and mapping the circle button onto a back paddle or something so you don't have to do the claw to run and like move yeah. the camera around, stuff like that. Totally fine. Very cool with that. I have more of an issue with it in the FPS like multiplayer space where you know there's some of these fucking sweats out there with these things. That are, you know, and you're getting drop shot, like, with this kid on 10 sensitivity, no dead zone paddle play, you know, and you're like, this, oh my god, dude, just fucking chill out. <laughs> like, you know, like, some of those moments are a little more frustrating, but hey, that's very cool. How's the battery life on that thing? Do you know? I haven't had issues with it yet. I, from things I've read, it's not as great, just because there's more things going on within the controller. Oh, that makes sense. Um, But I... I mean, I've been putting tons of hours into it. Haven't had the low battery warning yet. Um, and I would argue it's about the same. I don't know. If you're someone like me where you play three, four hours a day, and when you're done, you plug your controller right back in to charge overnight, 
like you're not going to have any issues with it. That's kind of my play style. So sure. I mean, four to five hours of play. I haven't run in a day. I haven't run into any issues with it. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, what more do you really need than that? I think that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, guys. Well, some some great Christmas cheer all around. We also didn't travel for Christmas. We just stayed local for the first time in like three years, which was really nice. Drove around, looked at Christmas lights, got Chinese food, watched a bunch of movies, hung out with her dad um, and stepmom for a while. And then, you know, of course, opened gifts. My wife got me this really great hoodie from this... Uh, well, they're on YouTube. They're called RKG. Some of the members in the Discord have talked about them before. They These three British guys that used to work at IGN UK and then spun off and do their own stuff now, which is really highly produced playthroughs of the Souls games, essentially, and, and some mm. other content, but that's mostly what they're known for. And so I got that hoodie, which was sick. I got a little Tanuki Mario plushie, because that's my dude in Mario Kart is Tanuki Mario, 100%. Uh, no doubt. And let's see, I got a Pikmin 4 Switch case. So it's like the special edition of the Switch carrying case for Pikmin 4, which I was really excited to take on vacation until my vacation got messed up. So now it's just here. And I got some Spider-Man comics. And then, yeah, PSN gift card and Xbox gift card as well. So got some cool pickups on the sale, some of which we'll talk about a little later in the show. But it was a good Christmas overall. And I definitely enjoyed spending time with my wife and just being around the house and relaxing and being local. And yeah, next year we're going to go back East. So we'll start the cycle again. Basically we'll do East coast, then my parents in Oregon and then home for the third year. And that's kind of the, the rotation idea so that we're never, you know, we, we get some time to just not travel, <laughs> which will be good. You got to tell us about this vacation. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting. We, yeah, we talked about it <laughs> offline. So for the listeners, I was planning on going on vacation in about, it would have been three weeks from yesterday, I was set to leave. And what we, what I was doing is it was a trip with just me and my mom that we had booked to go to Norway to look at the Northern Lights, the Aurora Borealis, which were guaranteed basically this time of year. And we were going to be flying into Amsterdam, spend a few days there, and then getting on a cruise ship and going all along the coast of Norway stopping at little villages, doing dog sledding, different excursions, you know, very, very fun. And the ship that we were supposed to go on got hit by a rogue wave about a week ago, apparently, and it damaged the ship enough that they essentially had to cancel our trip. They didn't have a replacement vessel. They couldn't get it repaired in time. So we've had this thing booked for probably, it's got to be over a year at this point. And was getting really excited, you know, doing all the travel stuff you got to do, buying things for the cold weather because it was going to be cold as shit and dark almost all day. You know, there's six hours of sunlight there in the winter. So it was going to be a really, really intense experience. And then, boom, gets canceled. So no longer going away for three weeks or two and a half weeks, which is a real bummer. My mom is still going to come down and visit for a few days, and I'm going to take about a week of PTO. But basically, that's what happened. So my trip got fucked i can't believe it actually <laughs> it's it's really uh i mean you can't do it's anything kinda, about it but it's so unreal for something is. like that to happen yeah it, it is weird did, did uh my wife asked this question because i told her i explained your situation yeah and she immediately goes to the to the logistics and she's like are they getting hosed on the plane tickets and i was like i don't know i'll have to ask good so. question we got full refund on the trip itself plus a little bit extra, like they refund, they refunded us 125%, which I thought was a nice gesture. 
and good. we got full refund on the airfare for Europe and the hotel on either end in Amsterdam. The only thing my mom couldn't get changed was her domestic flight to come here. So basically, she was going to fly down from Oregon to where I'm at, and then we mm. were going to fly together to Amsterdam. So that part she couldn't get a refund on, so that's why she's still coming for like three days to to hang out. So Nice. But yeah, pretty much we didn't get boned on it. It's just more of like the the idea in my head because I, as people know, I'm an anxious traveler. So the initial idea sounded really cool to me. And then I was starting to get a little worried like a month or two ago. I was like, man, it's going to be really cold. Like, <laughs> like I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this trip. There's going to be no internet really. Not going to be able to talk to my wife for a couple of weeks. It's going to be an intense experience. And then I came around to it and kind of embraced it. And I was amped this week. And then I got the email that it's just canceled. <laughs> So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I was really, like, as soon as you told me about it, I was really, like, kind of just bummed out about it because the thing I was looking forward to was actually hearing you talk about your trip when you came back. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I guess we won't be able to hear about it now. But (sighs) that's terrible, man. Sorry. Oh, it's all good, dude. I mean, we'll figure out a way to do it at some point. The Aurora Borealis is like a bucket list item for me to see them. I was just yeah, so for excited sure. to, for how cool the stars were going to look there that far north in this time of year. It's dark most of the day. It's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, just out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. I bet, I bet that's just insane. Exactly. Well, hopefully you guys can go next year and it's just a little bit of a delay and not a full cancellation. Yes, yes I agree. I agree. All right. Well, well, cool. We got a couple more housekeeping things to get into here, guys. Before we talk about our platinum shout outs, got a couple of Patreon questions. And then, of course, what we have been playing, because last episode, episode 100 was a bit of a different one for us. Pretty nostalgic episode. It was great to have Eli on. And I know we got some feedback from some listeners that really enjoyed hearing from him. So that was great. Thank you all very much. But right now I want to talk about our next game idea for the discord now we've been quiet for a couple months now i think originally we were planning on coming back sooner than this but it's all right it took us a little bit to kind of figure out what we really wanted to do next and here's what we landed on i'll give a little brief sort of teaser about this thing and i'll pass it to you guys if you want to add anything or clarify anything else but the what we are basically going to be doing is sort of a raffle style situation where the discord as a whole is going to be working towards a common goal So it'll still be a competition in in a sense at the end of the day because there's going to be winners, but collectively we are helping each other reach this goal. So what we're going to try to do is aim for 250 Platinums, roughly, as a Discord. And when you Platinum games and you submit it to, to this contest, it'll count towards that overall goal. When we hit that goal... We'll be raffling off some prizes, including in our in our idea right now, PSN, PSN gift cards, of course, but also PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 controller, which I think would be a pretty fun one. Now, the idea here is to also have some advantages for the Patreon supporters, which we talked about a couple months back even, where we said the next thing we do, do is going to be you know, involving some things like that. And so we're going to have some special different rewards right off the bat if you're a patreon supporter that will help you in this and for those who are patrons and everyone else basically after you get that initial start the idea would be every five platinums that you post you get a raffle ticket entered into this pool and again when we hit that goal we raffle off and pick the winners now we'll do an official post on this that spells out the rules much more clearly in the discord in the coming weeks and the idea here would be to have it start on february 1st as the first date so coming up in about a month so look for the rules posting in probably about two weeks time i would say 
that's the idea. I think it's going to be pretty fun. But Daryl, let's uh, let's pass it to you and Slugger if you guys have anything that I missed or clarifying uh, points as well. Uh, I I think you I think you mentioned everything that we talked about. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. You know, it's a different take on the contest. Um, it should be a little bit easier to to kind of get into, and I think at least for Slugger, it should definitely be easier compared to the last game he dealt with. So, <laughs> um, I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, it's a community game, so I think a lot of people will have fun playing with it together instead of you know, trying to up one each time. Right. So I think it'll be a cool game for the community as a whole. And the prizes are pretty good. I'm I, I'm liking the, these prizes this time around. They're fire, man. Ooh, PS5 controller, dude. So many good colors. Or PS4. There's way more options for PS4 if you still play over there. So some good stuff. Slugger, what about you? What do you think? I'm not... We'll talk about it offline, but I will contribute a third prize funded by myself oh my um, gosh so we'll i'll add some more i don't know money to the pot i guess won't be money though it'll be something cool it'll be physical i have a cool idea that i want to do that we can raffle away for one of the winners oh nice um i think what i like about this though like daryl said uh we've been doing the race a long time it gets very competitive but i think what happens is people completely change their play style and they stop playing games the way they want to play games and they just start bum rushing you know easy stuff or fast things and i almost think it takes kind of the love out of trophy hunting with the competition yeah um (laughs) you should play what you want to play ultimately yeah what i like about this you can go casual you can say hey in that time frame i'm gonna get 10 platinums i'm not changing anything that's still i mean that gives you two chances Mm -hmm. at any of these prizes uh but if you Say you really want one of the prizes, you can go hard if you choose to um, and give yourself a higher chance, a higher percentage. Yeah, if you want to be competitive, you can be competitive. If you don't want to change a, a damn thing about how you play, you don't have to. I'm sure most of us can knock out five Platinums in the span of a couple months. So it, it should be pretty accessible to just about everyone, which is what I like about it. Yeah, absolutely. I should say, too, we'll, again, we'll have more information in the clarifying post that spells it out really clearly. but. We are having in these set of rules an idea of excluding games that are over a certain rarity. It's not not going to be insane, but like it, we had briefly talked about something where it's like if it's over 75% percentage on PSM profiles, for example, those are not going to be eligible because we don't want people to just be doing tons and tons of, I don't want to say rap plats, but you know what I mean. <laughs> those kind of platinums. So we'll we'll have more info on that in the post. But other than that, you can pretty much play whatever you want. And quite honestly, the only reason we were seeing those games before was in the race, as, as you noted, or people just trying to get quick points and stuff like that. So yeah, <clears throat> interesting stuff. Very good. Well, look forward to that, everybody. I'm, I'm quite excited about it and we'll have some more details for you soon. And then last but not least, another shout out here for the Portland Kevin's discord, because he is hosting a shadow of the Colossus photo contest, much in the same way that maximum hosted within our discord channel the photo contest for Spider-Man 2. So this one from Kevin is on Shadow of the Colossus. There's a link in our Discord to his Discord where you can go and check that out. And I will be appearing on that show while we're recording in about a week to talk about Shadow of the Colossus more in depth. So I'll have some some more plugs maybe down the line for where you can hear that if you're interested 
and listening to us talk about it more from a story perspective than from a trophy perspective and things like that. And with that, let us get into some platinum shoutouts. Now, Daryl, you pulled these again. Or actually, sorry, the Christmas elf pulled these again. Why don't you go <laughs> ahead and take us through <laughs> these platinums that you pulled from our Discord's trophy room over the last few weeks? Yeah, sure. Uh, so first up, we got Steve666 with Omno. 71.45% on PSN profiles for the PlayStation 4 version. And on the pay- PlayStation Native, 14.7%. Second, we got King K6969 with the Assassin's Creed Syndicate Platinum and also the Jack Ripper DLC. So he's got the 100% on this. So Very nice. currently the 100% is 5.37% on PSN profiles for the PlayStation 4 version and on PlayStation Native, 2.1%. Uh, so... Yeah, man. So this is definitely how I know the Christmas Elf did this. It's a little bit biased. They put a Shadow of the Colossus plaid up here. <laughs> Who the hell would do I don't, I don't know do... how the <laughs> Who the fuck would do that? What a weirdo. What a weird elf. Uh, so like I said, Shadow of the Colossus Platinum. We got uh, Lorenzo Lame at third. 7.46% on PSN profiles for the PlayStation 4 version. And a 1% a, a 1% on the PlayStation Native. Yeah. Uh, Emma with a double whammy with Man Eater and Undertale. So 46.01% on PSN profiles for the PS4 version and a 12.7% on the PlayStation native app. And I believe this is the stat line for Man Eater, right, Colin? <coughs> Excuse me. That is correct. Sorry, I just choked on my own spit. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yes, that is correct. Jesus Christ. Gotcha. All right, the Portland Kevin with inscription. Let's go. Yeah. Eleven point zero six on PSN profiles for PS4, and a one point three percent on PS Native. Uh, Mr. Jelly Strider, five point forty seven percent on PSN profiles for the PlayStation Four version, and a one point four percent on the PlayStation app, and. Hold on, everybody. We got a last-minute entry. Is this coming live? Uh, we got Whoa. Slugger. What the hell? Whoa. How did Slugger get here? Whoa. <laughs> Christmas elf, dude. Yeah, look at this. Look at this Christmas elf. All right. Let's, let, let's read it. Rocket Arena, 4.69% on PSN profiles. And check this out. A 0.3%. Let's go. Damn, dude. Damn. That is crazy. Sneaking in. Wow. Wow. Amazing job. The elf just had the flex at 0.3%. Yeah, that's why they brought it. That's what it was for. I said, look at all these scrubs. I got better, more rare trophies in these. It's so weird to me sometimes the difference between the app Mm. and PSM profiles. Oh, it's ridiculous. Right. Well, and not just that, but I mean how it compares with other games. So, like for example, like what is it? Shadow of the Colossus, seven point four six percent on PSN profiles, one percent on the PlayStation app. Okay, but then Strider is almost an ultra rare, basically two percent lower than that on PSMP, five point four seven percent, and it's point four percent higher on the PlayStation app from a casual side. So it's rarer among trophy hunters, more common among casual people. What? 
That's so. It, I don't know. It's just odd when you look at that kind of stuff. This should, you would assume it would be a comparable ratio every time of like the percentage of people doing it on PSMP versus the app, but it never is. So odd. Hmm. Right. And like, so yeah. Like it. Like inscription is more common on the app than you know. It's like it's what. It's just I don't know. It's very strange to me. Yeah. I don't really have much more to say on it than that. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Inscription is one point three percent on the app. What right. are you seeing? Yeah, one point three percent. Yeah, but it's eleven point oh six on PSNP. Yeah, correct. Correct. So it's a little more common. Oh, okay. and a little, yeah, no, see, so that one I thought you were saying the app was higher. Oh no, no, no. That one makes sense, but it's like when you compare other ones, like you would assume it would drop at a similar rate, I guess is my point. Oh yeah, the rate is totally the rack. rate is weird. Yeah. Well, Christmas Elf, whoever you are, Daryl, thank you very much for grabbing those. Congrats to all of our Platinum earners. Any shout-outs, Daryl, on this list? Anything that caught your eye? Other than Inscription, of course. Uh, let's see. So Omno has always interested me. Play it. You know, I've heard a few people. Oh, yeah. I will definitely <laughs> play it. Um, yeah, Slugger being one of the people who has played this game, I've heard good things about it. So it's one game I would love to check out at some point. Shadow of the Colossus, that is going to be a game I would like to check out in the near future. Uh, Man Eater is one I would <laughs> I would suggest everybody to check out. It, it's it's a fun game. It, it's crazy how much fun that game is, like, if you give it a chance. At, at first, it's like, it's like a novelty game. You're like, I'm playing as a shark as eating people and stuff, but it, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that game. Okay, okay. I felt like Maneater was one of those games where it's like, this is really jank and kind of bad, but it's like so jank and bad that it's good. It's or am I wrong? There were some moments like that. Yeah. It always just, the combat always felt weird, especially when you're a shark trying to like fight boats and stuff. It gets a little strange, but yeah, I had a good time with it. I mean, I, I know most trophy hunters are pretty fond of that game from what I understand. It's just the DLC gets hard, right? That's where the, the trouble comes in. Ooh, I don't remember. Because I did the DLC. I don't remember it being, like, hard. I think Daryl did the DLC, too. Didn't you? Am I Or am I misremembering? Yeah, I did the DLC. I mean, there was, like, a, a jump in difficulty. Yeah, But not definitely. too crazy. Okay. Because the last boss is, like, super, like... He's so over-leveled, dude. Like, I think it was, like, either 10 or 20 levels over you. Um... But yeah, that boss fight was a bit challenging. Other than that, it wasn't too bad. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one that's been on my radar for a while as well. Obviously, Assassin's Creed Syndicate is exciting. I still own that. So at some point, I should get to it. Inscription, you guys have talked about a lot. That That is really oh, appealing. So good. And it's on sale right now. Either mm. Or is it on? I think it is on PlayStation. It is for sure on sale right now on Xbox side. And Undertale, which we didn't give the stats for, though, is a, a really great platinum as well, and it's very, very quick. So I'd recommend that to people if you're looking for a shorter kind of palate cleanser game, I suppose. Slugger, anything that stands out to you besides Rocket Arena? I mean, I think <laughs> I think everything here is really good. You guys aren't scrubs. I'm sorry for saying that. Um, you scrubbers? I, I got the Platinum in all of these other than Undertale and Shadow of the Colossus. So this is like a little glimpse at my trophy profile right here. Ooh. Um, so really good selections. The only reason I threw my Rocket Arena in there... Um, I mean, I did it because you guys were fucking around doing things live. But I also wanted to shout out that this game is closing its servers in March. 
and they have a 10 times experience boost until the servers turn off. So if you're one of the unfortunate souls out there like me who had trophy progress in this, like go back to it. It took me maybe four hours total to completely max out a character. Did it in no time at all. But yeah, everything else here is great. I think the highlight is inscription. Uh, Portland Kevin was DMing me uh, a couple days over the last week or so, kind of like looking for strategies to get through Casey's mod and uh, do the final challenge there where all the challenges are activated. Uh, so it was really fun to kind of like help him through that process. And when I told him what I did, he tried it out and he was like, oh yeah, this build is broken as hell. Like it, <laughs> this deck is completely busted. I'm like, yep, it's fun, right? And he's like, oh yeah, having a blast now. Yeah, uh, now I'm getting it. Yeah, so it was it was cool to help someone else kind of achieve that plat after I had struggled on it. Yeah, it's a game that just keeps coming up in the community is Inscription. So I think as a magic yeah. guy, you would really like it. I think I would too. I think I would too. And as I've said, I did play the demo and enjoy that on PC like years ago when the game was initially coming out. So I thought it was fun. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, very good. And a gentle reminder, if you got PSN gift cards over the holiday break here, we have until the 5th, I believe, on the U.S. store for that sale that is going on where there are lots of good deals. So go and check that out. If you haven't checked it out yet, I'm sure you have. That's like the first thing I did when I redeemed my points. But go look over there and don't forget to pick up stuff if, uh, if you're in the mood for something. As Yeah, you got about, well, from the time this releases, you'll have about two days left until you can no longer get those deals but you know sony there'll be a new one right after <laughs> whatever that sale is going to be called it's going to be deals of the new year <laughs> coming all right good stuff <laughs> wanted to shout out as well our patreon supporters here and this is a very big and special thank you if you like what we do and you like the show go on over to patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast where you can find various tiers of support ranging from bronze all the way up to platinum Gets you some benefits in the upcoming game, as we noted, first of all. But also, you get to write in questions to the show. If you're at the silver tier or above, you get a shout-out each and every episode. Got some good stuff going on over there. Our Platinum supporters have appeared on the show, so that's great. Thank you very much to all of you. So thank you to the Portland Kevin, Pat the Trophy Hunter, Diego Juan, King K6969, B Down, the Sly G Cooper, Maximum Carnage, Against Me 75, Zachary, First Mage, Buff Cupcake, and Skrillis. Thank you very much for your support of the show. It does truly mean a lot, so thank you. And we only have a couple patron-submitted questions this episode, guys, so we're going to be able to get into what we've been playing relatively soon. But first, a question from EDJ3DG, colloquially known as Edge. <laughs> we played some Black Ops 3 with him recently, Slugger and I, and it was, it was fun to discuss finally the proper pronunciation of the name, <laughs> having read it so many times. So uh, shout out to three, you for your help with Realistic, by the way. Thank you for that. Where three days grace. Three days grace. <laughs> That's the 3DG. Now you know. The 3DG. A little peek behind the curtain. All right. So his question is, if someone who clearly isn't a gamer were supposed to ask you and what do you, was going to ask you what you do for fun, would you guys shamelessly bring up trophy hunting as an answer? If no, why not? What were your significant other's first reactions when they found out you trophy hunted? Were they appalled at the amount of time spent on meaningless digital trinkets or more understanding when they realized it'd be the same as them watching trashy reality TV? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. 
<laughs> Great question here. Great question. Daryl, let's go to you first. What do you think of Edge's question here? I usually, if someone asks me what I do for fun, gaming is not an answer I would bring up right away. I usually go for like things that are usually more common, like, you know, playing a sport or traveling. Those are usually like the two answers I usually bring up. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I travel a lot. You know, I play a lot of sports. That's what I bring up. And I kind of like gauge how the conversation is going. And then eventually I bring up gaming just because uh, I don't know why. I, I'm not really sure why I don't really say gaming right right away. I feel like that's just something more personal for me that I don't really share with a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people would take me for a gamer if they looked at me, you know, first time. But, you know, that that's usually just kind of how I bring up, you know, when it, when it comes to, like, talking to somebody like that. But I think if I were to bring it up, trophy hunting, I think the person would kind of take it the wrong way. Because when even myself, when I look up trophy hunting online, Google right away thinks I'm, like, hunting for animals. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dear I, I will. Yeah, dude, it always oh, comes up. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, like, trophy hunt. And I was like, why am I getting all these freaking links about animals and PETA and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, fucking Google doesn't know what I'm talking about. Did I guess, did so, I tell you guys that I did that the first couple times I posted on our Twitter account by mistake? Cause I tagged the wrong like trophy hunting group. Cause there's like a PlayStation trophy hunting. And then there's like what you're saying, <laughs> like animal yeah, hunting. hunting, hunting. <laughs> yeah. And I like just tagged a bunch of, so I like to think about these guys out there hunting grizzly bears <laughs> Just getting this notification back at the lodge over some whiskey, and it's just me with the Final Fantasy 16 Platinum. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's funny. Yeah, pretty great. They're like, what the fuck yeah, is so, this? <laughs> I, I feel like if I were to bring it up, it's like, yeah, you know, I trophy hunt. You know, a lot of people will probably think that I'm hunting for animals and things like that. Right. Usually trophy hunting will kind of just be like a segue for me if I'm talking about gaming. So, like, you know, once gaming comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, usually I'm, like, trophy hunting in my games. A lot of people will kind of, like, understand what I'm talking about. Others will be like, oh, well, what's that? And then, you know, I kind of explain to them, like, what what that's all about. Yeah. But trophy hunting is definitely not the first thing I will say (laughs) if uh, somebody would ask me what I do for fun. Just, you know, I'm sure they would take it by mistake. Uh, Second part of the question so significant others first reaction when they found out i trophy hunted so my wife actually got introduced to all of this when i was achievement hunting back on the xbox Mm. and she like i I can't really remember the exact moment of her reaction but it it must have been like some dumb trophy that i was going for some dumb achievement where you know we've all done this before like you know, like Call of Duty has some of those trophies where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, get five kills with with the knife. So, like, I'm over here knifing people and my wife's over here. She's she's well aware of Call of Duty. She knows what that's all about. And, you know, there's guns in the game, obviously. But she's over here seeing me run around with a knife and she's already thinking, like, why are you knifing people? Like, <laughs> they're yeah. shooting at you. Right. Long, why are you knifing them? Long range engagements. <laughs> exactly you know 
she she's like wondering what's going on. And I'm telling her, oh, I'm going for this achievement, this trophy. And then that's kind of how it kind of opened up for her. She's like, what? <laughs> what's uh-huh. a trophy? What's an achievement? Exactly. I'm sure that's probably what her first reaction was. It's like, huh? What's you're you're doing this for an for a trophy, an achievement, really? Um, and I think at first she was kind of just like baffled that I was doing these for like these, you know, as EDJ is pointing out meaningless digital trinkets. Yeah. But, you know, she had seen me do it for so long that eventually she kind of saw like how fun it was for me. And like she kind of <laughs> her 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 running gag is now like, oh, you know, usually when I'm up pretty late at night and I'm playing, she's like, oh, are you going for another trophy? I'm like, yeah, I'll be in bed soon. <laughs> yeah, I just need to beat the, hip, the whole game again. I'll, I'll be in bed at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, so she's well aware, like, my whole, you know, my whole thing with trophy hunting and stuff like that. But uh, she took it pretty well, you know. I, I was I was a little worried that she might kind of just, like, freak out and be like, oh, you know, it's worse enough <laughs> that you game. Now you're doing this in a game? Like, slide, really? Slide the divorce papers over. Yeah. <laughs> slide, yeah, so. Bronze trophy <laughs> obtained. <Achieved>. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. She, she she took it pretty well, you know? So, I um I got lucky, man. That's all I got to say. Damn straight. I feel that. Slugger, what about you? How does your wife feel about trophy hunting? My wife's a friggin' champ. Um, it helps that we've really been together for 16, 17 years. Um, so similar to Daryl, she knew I was into this way back in the 360 days. But yeah, so I, she's gotten, I don't know, she knows every, like all the lingo. Like she, there's times like when we played the quarry, she was like my guide reader and she loved doing that. Where she, because I was kind of cheating using the guide, so I don't have to do eight playthroughs like Daryl did. Oh god! Um, she saw me keep looking at my phone, looking up at the TV, looking at my phone. She's like, "Why don't you just give it to me? I'll just read it." I'm like, Are "You sure?" She's like, "Yeah, I'll just I'll watch. I'm already watching anyway. I'll just tell you what to do." I'm like, "All right, sweet." Um, so she she helps me in that sense. It's kind of funny. She'll like question me. When I start a new game, she'll be like, is this a new game or is this a backlog game? Like, so that's what I mean by like, she knows oh, yeah. all the lingo. Uh, if I stay up late, like Daryl said, going for a trophy, I'll tell her like, hey, sorry, I came to bed so late. I, you know, I had like 30 minutes left till I had this platinum. I just wanted to knock it out. And she's like, yeah, I understand. Got it. Um, and then she'll follow up with like, how much did your completion percentage raise? And then I get to be all proud and tell her it went up like 0.02. But it's just, I've noticed more and more over the last couple months, kind of how much she's actually like absorbed by being in this, you know, marriage with me and like knowing all this stuff. It makes me appreciate her a lot more because it's like, oh, obviously like she doesn't like gaming. She would never trophy hunt if she did like gaming, but she's taking, she's being a good wife and like taking interest in my interests and my hobbies. And that's really cool for the, the first part of the question. I don't really tell people I trophy hunt, not cause I'm like ashamed of it by any means. I'm 33 years old. I kind of stopped caring what other people thought in my late twenties, but like Daryl said, it can get confusing. So I'll just keep it at gaming. And if the people are like 
gamers asking me or they follow up with like oh well what game are you playing like i'm playing modern warfare 3 and then it's like then i have to explain like well i play like everything like and that's always really fun to talk about with like casual gamers because like what do you mean you play everything like the new call of duty's out why aren't you playing the new call of duty and it's like bro i'm playing this game from like four years ago because it's in my backlog (laughs) i gotta get all the trophies um and then i'll kind of yeah then i'll start explaining it and then like it's always fun like showing people my i show other gamers my profile when they like they're like oh you just like how many do you have? And I'll be like, oh, 300, whatever. And they're like, yeah, no, you don't. No one has that much. I was like, I'm actually like on the low end in this community. Like here, look at my profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people are always like blown away. Um, so I have no shame over it. Um, I mean, it's one of my main hobbies, but I don't know if you do something. If you enjoy doing something and it's one of your hobbies, I don't think you should be ashamed of like sharing that with people. Absolutely. Um, Yep. It's hard to feel that way when you're 18 years old or you're young because you feel like everyone's judging you for everything you do. But as you grow older, you kind of realize no one gives a damn what you do. Or So that helps a lot, kind of coming to that realization of like, who cares if that guy thinks I'm a nerd for playing trophies? Like, yeah, doesn't bother me. Yeah, I'm so. probably never going to fucking see this guy again or care what they what they think. Yeah, right. I, I would agree. I think the time in my life I played the least video games was probably in high school. And I still played video games in high school. Famously, Final Fantasy 13 for me and Halo 3 and all that kind of stuff was high school. But it was I was more concerned with what people thought about me then. You know, you're more concerned about your image in high school and shit like that. And then by the time I got into grad school or like after college when I was 24, 25, I just stopped caring again. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I play games every day. Who cares? <laughs> it's yep. not a, not a big deal. So I totally agree with you on that point. And it's funny, your conversations with with people, you know, and how it depends on how versed they are in games and the ecosystem will determine how in-depth you go. Is, is That rings really true to me because people will ask what, what I like to do. And I'm like, yeah, I like to, I'm a big gamer. You know, I also run and do other stuff, but my primary hobby is like, is gaming. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, what do you play, right? That's, if they play games, that's like their first follow-up question yeah but then that's another litmus test where you say something so if i was going to say something like oh i'm playing shadow of the colossus they'd be like huh what's that you know like yeah. they're like they're like oh, i heard about this new game that came out you know yeah modern warfare or i heard about maybe this year you would have heard something for like spider-man 2 or even like uh maybe something like resident evil 4 remake or dead space remake but most of the time people have no idea and then they get like really curious and then yeah you do the thing where you show them your phone you're like here's all the stuff i've played and they're like whoa wait what so it is like (laughs) there's just different levels to it and in my personal life i don't have i mean i know daryl and eli and i've met you guys in person obviously so you know i know you guys that trophy hunt but most of my friends do not trophy hunt even though they're i have quite a few friends who are big gamers i think some of them will sometimes get a platinum if it's a game that they're just like really enjoying spider-man is a great example of where that's just going to happen for you if you just want to do everything in the game but yeah most of the time they uh they don't so i don't know it's interesting in that sense and then for my wife it's funny like slugger you and i were talking about this last night how i'm still pretty new to trophy hunting in general i've probably only been trophy hunting for about three and a half years at this point so Mm -hmm. my wife and i have been dating for about seven years and so when we first started dating, I wasn't trophy hunting. I was still gaming a bunch, but at that time it was mostly League of Legends. 
So she got used to the idea pretty quickly that I like to play games. And I was very honest with her, you know, on the second date, probably your third date where I was talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, like just because this has been something that's been an issue maybe in the past where like people didn't quite understand what I mean. Like I'm just telling you like, yeah, I play probably like two or three hours a day if I if it's up to me. Like I'd play like hours a day of video games, you know, and it's like, oh, shoot. So it's, I think that's important to be honest about, too, if it's something that is important to you. And that's not to say you shouldn't sacrifice that at times for social things and things that your wife wants to do. It's a give and a take with your partner, right? But it, you need to be very honest about like, oh, I'm not just saying I play Mario Kart on you know special occasions when all my friends get together. I'm saying like I play games regularly. You know, yeah. that, that's like a main hobby. You need to be very explicit about that, I think. And don't be ashamed about it. Um, yeah, so my wife doesn't, I don't think, she doesn't understand maybe the full aspect of the trophy hunting piece, but she she appreciates that it makes me happy and that I enjoy doing it. And I, and I know that she likes the games that I show her from time to time. You know, she will occasionally play Switch. That's her main thing. She'll play Mario games or Yoshi games or things like that. But she appreciates, like, when I'll show her a a scene in a game that I'm doing. Like I'll show her the last of us part two, or I'll show her recently shadow of the Colossus or Spider-Man two. And she's like, Whoa, that looks cool. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, you know, like she gets it. So yeah, I would say as, as we've all noted, just don't be ashamed about it. Just be honest and be forthright about it. Maybe at work is like the only time I'm not like just, you know, Oh yeah. I'm fucking massive <laughs> gamer, like in a conference room, but even then people know everyone I work with knows hey, I boss, play video games. Check out my new platinum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry about the late report. <laughs> Sorry. I was up late last night. Just grinding out kills on modern warfare zombies. I'll be around. <laughs> it's, yeah. Dude, Colin, I, I love when we're talking about video games and Dwayne's just in the room, just kind of observing us. Like yeah. we're monkeys. Dude. He's yeah. like, smiling and we're talking about like the cool cutscenes, the cool moments in the story he's just sitting there he's like i love what you guys talk about games yeah it's so interesting i think people can <laughs> tell when you're passionate about something and that passion is infectious even if you're not into that thing that, definitely that's yeah. my feeling that's why i say don't be ashamed of it totally own it you know <clears throat> scream it out but yeah thank you edj 3dg edge three days grace thank you sir Appreciate the question. Okay. Our second and only other question comes to us from the Portland Kevin. And this is about our streaming services of choice. He asks, I'm thinking about canceling Netflix. What streaming services are best to replace it? Our house also uses Hulu and Disney Plus. So sounds like they're rocking the trifecta right now. I think that's a pretty good three to have. I'm assuming Hulu and Disney came as a bundle for you They're guys. They're links now, actually. They're links, right? All well, all of the Hulu offerings are on on the Disney Plus app now. Oh, interesting. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I've been talking about canceling Netflix for a few months now, and I just ended up not doing it. But that is one I've considered because I really don't watch it as much compared to some other stuff. But Daryl, let's go to you first. What would you suggest if he's going to get rid of Netflix? What would you replace that with? Uh, let's see. So. I don't I have a ton of these streaming services. I have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. I have quite a few, but I don't really use them all that often. Um if we're going to cancel Netflix, I think the next best app to replace it with would definitely be Hulu. I mean, Kevin you already have Hulu, so I think you're 
doing the right thing. I, I feel like Hulu, uh, it just has some things on there that I really like. Like, there's always, like, the TV shows that I enjoy watching that are currently being updated all the time. There's a couple shows that I, I keep my eye on. I mean, it has a really good selection for anime shows, which I've watched a couple off of there uh, from time to time. I, uh, my wife was actually watching movies on there. She was watching the Narnia movies, so Whoa. it's got a good selection of everything. And I've always just been more drawn to Hulu over Netflix while I had the both of those. Uh, just, I'm not sure. I, I just like Hulu for some reason. There's no particular reason why. I just felt like whenever it popped up on my TV, I was just like, oh, let me go to Hulu. But I think the reason why I eventually just chose Hulu over Netflix is that it, it had, like, all of the Naruto shows. So it had, like, the OG Naruto. Then it had Shippuden, which Netflix didn't have, I think. I don't think Netflix has Shippuden on there. So I was watching Shippuden on Hulu for a bit. So I think that's kind of how it... Um, kind of eventually Hulu kind of overtook the, the streaming services for me. But Netflix... Uh, Netflix had that good show that uh, I came back to not too long ago. The Squid Game, The Challenge. It was just a pretty cool game show. You guys should check it out. I, I put this in the Discord, but it was it was quite interesting to watch to see that show like actual in like IRL with people competing each other for like a cash prize. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It, I actually enjoyed that show. Oh hell yeah, that's awesome. And of course, yeah, it's you, mean, <laughs> you mean the ad free version of Hulu? Let's clarify because I have the one with ads right now. Fuck that, dude. That's why I barely ever watch it. <laughs> There's so many. I don't ads. have the ads. Oh my god. Yeah, I still have ads on Hulu, so it don't really bother me. I, f I find that to be like a quick, like kind of break to kind of like just look at my phone or get get a little snack. Uh, I honestly, I don't really mind ads all that much. I see. Okay. Okay. That's fair. But Hulu for sure. I think Amazon Prime's probably like a hot second. Definitely like. One, if you don't really care about Hulu, I think Amazon Prime is pretty good. There's some things on there I like. It's got a lot of good movie selections that I like to watch on there once in a while. So Amazon Prime is probably like, you know, my second option if Hulu is not, hmm. you know, someone's first take for sure. Interesting. Okay. Amazon, yeah, big big Hulu supporter. That's, that's I don't know if I would have pegged that for you. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Slugger, what about you? What do you have for this? I'm the opposite. Hulu's bottom of the barrel for me. Um, I don't know how much it's actually changed. I remember I never stuck with Hulu. I, I'm subscribed to it right now just because I have the Disney bundle, but it always bugged me that they wouldn't have like old seasons of show. They'd be like, hey, check it out. We got this new season of this show airing uh, on Hulu and they go live right after the new episodes. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but you're on like season four, and I have no way to watch season one through three. Mm. At least if, I remember early Hulu, it was like that. They would have they would stream the new episodes of things, but they wouldn't have like legacy content. Or if they did, it was like limited. And it's like, how am I supposed to get like get invested into any of this stuff if you're not giving me the episodes like catch up on it? Um, they might actually be better with it now because I know uh, like it's always sunny, I think has the full catalog on there. So maybe it's better. Maybe I'm throwing hate out there and saying fake news. But uh, let's see. God, if I had to pick one and only one, uh, our house is Hulu and Disney Plus. So 
I don't know. We're big Amazon people. Like, so my my thought process would be Amazon Prime, but that's just because we're we order everything from Amazon. Um, like, I don't know. It's probably bad. Like, I know I know it's definitely bad for like going green and stuff like that. But like the convenience of same day. Well, we're starting to get same day delivery on things, but overnight delivery for us is just like insane. And then yeah. having the streaming option on top of that, it's like, cool. Oh, the other thing we also get with Amazon is, which we use all the time quite a bit, is Amazon Photos. And I think you get a certain storage amount on that. So we got like our entire like family catalog of pictures backed up on Amazon Photos. Pretty much all our stuff is in Amazon right now. So if Amazon ever goes away, we're screwed. Um, <laughs> but I personally think bang for your buck. If you order from Amazon a lot, you get the streaming you get the photo storage, you get the the shipping stuff. Uh, you may get like bundle discounts if you lean into like Audible. I'm not entirely sure on that. But you also get Twitch benefits and benefits for certain games and shit. Oh yeah. Pri- yeah, Amazon Prime Gaming. Yep. Which will give you like skins for you know kind of all the main uh, live service games that are going on at any given time. You get a free Twitch sub, um, which is nice. You can give to someone. Yeah. Oh, nice thing about Amazon, too, is, well, you can do this even if you don't subscribe to it, but you can go and, like, rent new movies a la carte. Like, whenever we rent new movies or if we're going to purchase a digital movie, which I try not to do, but if we're going to purchase a digital movie, we'll normally just buy it on Amazon because everything's already linked to our card. I think if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Amazon. We're in the same boat as you, Colin. We've been talking about canceling Netflix for, like, months and we're like, why do we sit here and throw money at the service that we watch? Maybe once every two, three months when something comes on that we're interested in, why don't we just subscribe for that month when we see the interesting thing? Yep. And then once we watch it, cancel it. But it's like the simplicity of, I don't know, staying subscribed and forgetting about it is like too, is much greater than, I don't know. I always hype it up in my head like, oh, I got to go through the cancellation process, which probably only takes like 20 seconds. But. Yeah, we've been thinking about downsizing all of our streaming stuff. I will shout out, maybe check with your phone carriers too. Like I'm a Verizon subscriber for my phone network and everything. And that's what we get Disney Plus through. Yep. Um, I, I know they have other packages where they offer different streaming packages, but we get a, it's included with our phone plan. So we're not even paying for Disney Plus. So we get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN all tied to my phone plan, which is kind of cool. And then I think I have Peacock right now, which is tied through my internet, which is given it given at no extra cost. So maybe check with like your internet provider and your phone provider and see if they have any bundles like that. Cause okay. I know that's where a lot of our stuff is coming from. I know. Yeah. Verizon is a good shout out. I remember they do that. And I think, well, we have Hulu through Spotify, I think is what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you did link. Yeah. I forgot about that. So my wife has Spotify, and then because of that, we have Hulu. I had Disney Plus already and Netflix. And yeah, then my parents have Paramount and HBO, which we get from them. So we like kind of share. And through that all, we actually don't have Amazon or Apple. Those are the two like main ones we don't really mess with. But yeah, well, my recommendation, Kevin, is that you do YouTube Premium instead that's a good shout out that is my favorite by far 
that I have just because of the amount of YouTube I watch, especially even if you're just someone who's going to use it from a trophy hunting perspective, you're looking up videos and guides, saving yourself that time on all those ads during those things, huge. Plus, I watch a lot of long form content on YouTube. I watch a lot of like just like streaming stuff for like lo-fi girl and shit like that as well. League of Legends is always through YouTube, the pro scene. So it's just great to not have ads over there on that. I've That's probably something I've had for maybe five or six years now, and I will not go back to the regular. There's no fucking way. It's just, no, 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 no. If yeah. you're If you're not someone who's interested in that, though, and you're looking at another streaming service, I would recommend that you do, oh, this is tough. So HBO, which became Max, I don't necessarily love their new programming as much nowadays, but they have a really good catalog of stuff for like Cartoon Network, Studio Ghibli, you know, Warner Brothers properties. So all the old Godzilla movies, a bunch of the Batman stuff from DC. So they have a really good catalog over there if you're into that. Actually, though, I find myself watching a decent amount of Paramount Plus, which is a random one, but they've got all of Survivor on there. Yeah, I'm, Paramount's I'm, pretty good. I'm a good, like, I like Star Trek. They've got every Star Trek over there. They've got Twin Peaks over there, which is another really good show. They've got, yeah, they've got a good assortment of, you know, movies. They've got the Transformers movies and Mission Impossible's movies and stuff like that. So there's some good stuff, and I think it's relatively cheap still to do Paramount Plus. I do have the ad version of that as well. But at least their app is kind of nice. And it's like, if you watch two episodes, they'll be like, here's a third one with no ads. Or like, when you're watching a movie, it'll be, here's two minutes of ads in the front, but then no ads throughout the entire movie. You're like, cool. Hmm. I can get into that. Thank you. So, yeah, I'd say Paramount. But really what I would say is YouTube Premium is the way to go. And it'll still be cheaper than what you're paying for <clears throat> Netflix, which I think is 25 a month. So, yeah. you know, YouTube Premium is 16 a month. And then you'll still have nine bucks saved. You could go support a couple of people on Patreon. You know, do that. All right. Very good. Thank you for the you, question, sir. Go ahead. I, yeah, I want to double tap YouTube Premium. I completely, I, did, I wasn't factoring that in, but that's probably my personal most used as well. And it, YouTube is a completely different app in the best way possible when you have no ads on those videos. Oh my God. Like I did a free trial just to test, test it out. And once the free trial lapsed, like the ads started coming back and I'm like, no, what the, what the hell is this? Get these out of here. This is awful. And I like immediately resubscribed. Yeah. I YouTube premium will be like a mainstay in my house. Same. Absolutely. Like I would cancel most of the other things before I got rid of that. Yeah. Same. <laughs> if I was trying to like trim costs down. So very good. All right, Kevin. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate the question. Good luck. Let us know which service you end up going with. All right. Let's see. We've got a PlayStation roundup for y'all partner. Slugger, what, what do we got coming down here on the ranch in January? Give us we the got old that, rundown. That evil cowboy game, <laughs> Evil West. Oh, I always did hate them cowboys. Always did. <laughs> <laughs> we got some vampires to shoot. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, I would love to continue that through the whole thing, but I can't. I think people um, will hate it after too yeah. long, so we'll just give them a taste. Just a little 30-second right. taste. Here we go. We got Evil West. Sorry. I should say this is PlayStation Plus Essential, the, only the base tier for January. So these should be going live, I believe, maybe this week, January 3rd. Hell yeah. Um, very good lineup, in my opinion. Evil West, six and a half out of ten difficulty. Two playthroughs for the Platinum, 
The second playthrough is just to collect all the or finish upgrading all of your gear. That platinum will take you about 25 hours. A Plague Tale Requiem, four out of ten difficulty, two playthroughs. Uh, same situation as Evil West. That second playthrough is to upgrade all your gear. That'll take you about 25 hours as well. So pretty similar stuff there. And then Indie Darling from a year or two ago, Nobody Saves the World, uh, made by <laughs> Drinkbox Studios. Drinkbox, right? Drinkbox, not Juicebox. Juice they're Juicebox to me, but apparently they're called Drinkbox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a four out of ten difficulty, two playthroughs. Uh, the second playthrough is a full playthrough. You have to actually beat the game on New Game Plus. That'll take you about thirty to forty hours. Um, let's see. My personal recommendation. Well, I would probably recommend all of them, but I haven't played a Plague Tale: Requiem or Evil West. I will say I've played Nobody Saves the World. I don't think this is one to sleep on. I think this is one of the better indies I've played. It has a very cool like class creator thing you don't really create classes but you take like mundane things and you combine their abilities together uh to make these cool builds so you can get like powers from a rat and powers from a zombie and but you're running around as a horse and you're doing all these crazy things i don't know the art design's really good the gameplay's fun lots of cool customization there uh the other two i'm excited about as well though i love the first plague tale and uh Evil West always looked interesting, but not interesting enough for me to outright buy it. So I'm happy to see this end up on the service as well. Thoughts? What do you guys think, Colin? Well, I think I will be adding at least two of them to my library. I'm not sure about Nobody Saves the World. I know you're a big fan of it. I'm not trying to poo-poo that recommendation. I just don't know if it's my type of game, to be honest. Whereas I've played A Plague Tale Innocence through PlayStation Plus, really liked that. So I know I'm going to dig the sequel. Evil West is interesting to me as well, mostly because of that shorter time frame to Platinum. I like that. Both of these are 25, 20, you know, to 30 hours or whatever. My question is going to come down to, for both of these games, I remember them having the stink of non-60 FPS at launch on PS5 for, for both of these games. And I don't know if that is still the case, It's if it's been patched. Like, I think... Evil West was running at a 50 frames per second. Same thing with Requiem, where it wasn't quite 60. It was, it was better than 30, but wasn't, you know. So anyway, that would be the thing that I would be the most curious about. So Is Requiem it... got patched. Looking it up now live. Okay. Well, that's good. I'll be playing that one then for sure at some point. Really, really enjoyed the first game. And let's see. Evil West performance mode. Yeah, 1080p, 60fps, that got patched as well. All right, fantastic. Well, there you go. That answers that. And I'm sure Nobody Saves the World runs at 60. So, yeah, overall, though, taking my personal opinion out of it, I think it's a very strong month for Essential to start the year off. Really, really happy with it. Have a rootin' tootin' good time. That's right. Rootin' tootin'. Daryl, what about you? All three looked interesting. I think I'm more excited about Requiem because I, I like you guys. I really enjoyed the first one as well. Um, Evil West looks interesting. <clears throat> Didn't really look too much into that, but I will take a free game. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Nobody Saves the World. This is probably one I would like to check out. You know, Slugger has played plenty of games, so I'm sure he's bound to... Uh, recommend a few games here and there so i'm gonna take them up on this word nobody saves the world so um this is probably one i will check out as well okay hell yeah 
Very good. And Slugger, are you going to add all these? I mean, you've done Nobody Saves the World. Are you going to add the other two? I bought a Plague Tale Requiem um, last year in a fall sale, I believe. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, no, I think I bought it in the spring sometime, maybe like April. And then I never touched it. So that old plague hit me. I don't know what you... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That happens to me a lot. I buy shit. I don't touch it. It sits in my backlog. Then it goes free. Uh, Evil West, I'm definitely going to claim. I remember uh, hearing that that's like a nice double A game somewhere in the space of like, like you said, you don't have to sink 50, 60 hours into it to get the platinum. Just a nice kind of like short quality experience. I've heard it gives vibes of like Xbox 360, like cover shooter, like that whole genre. Like I heard it gives off those vibes, which sounds kind of cool to me. Yeah, it, it looks interesting for sure. It looks interesting. I don't know that one. I'm, I'm going to add it, but I don't know when I'll necessarily get to it. But Plague Tale Requiem would be great to play, hopefully, this year. In, or, um, 2024, I should say. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I've been trying to go hard on cleanup to buy myself the goodwill of a new game. <laughs> right? So I don't feel horrible about it. Because the worst thing for me was when I was teetering on that 61 to 62%. And there was like three times in a row where either DLC got released for a game and it dropped my percentage. Or... Yeah, I started a new game right after hitting sixty-two percent, and then dropped again. I'm like, damn it! You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to keep doing that. So, trying to build the buffer up, I guess. But good month, thank you, sir, for the, for the roundup. Appreciate it. Remember to add these to your library if you're interested in doing that. Just because they're in your library doesn't mean they're in your backlog. Something else to consider. A wild idea. Okay. <laughs> wild idea. All right. Blasphemous. Very good. <laughs> so with that. Because it's been a little while since we've talked about this, let's get into <clears throat> what we have been playing for the month of December. This is, we're recording on December 29th, so pretty much last couple days of 2023 here. This will be the last episode of the year. What's been going on? I feel like we've been kind of going hard. All of us have been playing a decent amount of stuff. Slugger, we'll start with you for what you have been playing. And I think we got some overlap, so we'll probably have a little bit more of a free-flowing discussion this go around than maybe some of the other what we've been playing yeah how do you, do you want do you want to start with maybe the start, overlap or do you maybe start with the things that are solely your own and then we'll do individual the, yeah and then we'll do the overlap stuff okay i'm not gonna cover all of them actually i'll just i'll kind of touch them let's see no i'm not gonna do that there's too many um the big ones i want to talk about th- my main last completion was chia which was given away on PlayStation Extra sometime earlier this year. Man, this game is just gives off major Moana vibes to me. It and it's totally different, but it's just, you know, like the islands out in the Pacific Ocean, that that culture. Um, so this game, I believe we talked about it when we reviewed the trophy list. But it takes place in New Caledonia, which I believe is a real island. Can you guys fact check me on that? Hold on a second. Yeah, so it's a real island. Yeah, it is. Yep. It's an island country. Yes. Somewhere out there in the Pacific. Um, And you play as this little girl, Chia. And there's a, there's a, it's hard. There's a T there to Chia. Uh, But they don't really pronounce the T in the game. In this world, there is this evil, I don't know, God who kind of like takes over the land. And I don't want to spoil too much, but he's 
he's taking over the land and he's doing bad things. And you, as this little girl, get wrapped up into this scenario because your dad is abducted very early into the game. I don't consider that a spoil because it happens in the first two minutes. And then the journey commences where you as a girl go forth, travel across. There's like two main islands and there's a bunch of little off shoot islands. And you are traveling around, meeting the locals. They're helping you kind of like fight back against this big bad guy. Through this process, she discovers that she has this ability to, uh, it's called soul jump, which is where she jumps into uh, like the body of animals. It can also be inanimate inanimate objects like rocks. Uh, so as you're running around the world, you can see like, I don't know, a tire lying on the side of the road. And you can hit the soul jump button, aim at the tire. You like warp into it. And then you can like bounce around the map as a tire. And there's lots of cool sandbox elements that you kind of encounter or can play with as you go through the game. I was doing stuff for like, I am a dolphin and I leap out of the water as a dolphin and then I see a bird in the sky and I soul jump into that bird and I fly along and then like the objective I'm going to is near but maybe I don't want to go in there as a bird so I'll soul jump into like a nearby deer that's running by and then like finish running uh, to the objective from there. Just lots of cool things you can kind of like discover doing that. So that's kind of the gameplay i guess i don't know what you want to call it the main that's loop. what makes it un- yeah. unique the gameplay loop i think is where the game kind of struggles if you mainline the story you could finish this game very quickly probably in like three to four hours but it takes you about 20 hours of platinum the rest of that time is literally collectible hunting and nothing else there this game has like four or five hundred somewhere in that range uh collectibles and they got everything there's campfires you got to find there is fruit you need to eat which upgrades your stamina the stamina system is very similar to the new zelda games where if you're climbing up a mountain or swimming underwater that's like draining so the higher that is the better so campfires stamina you got these little trinkets you got to find uh there's claw machines like the arcade games that you have to play whoa treasure chests there's like vantage points, which work similar to Assassin's Creed, where you go up to the vantage point. She does this cool thing where she yells. And then that was actually one of my favorite parts because she yells really loud and you see her like voice echo across the island. And then all the like things you can collect in that area pop up on the map. But yeah, there's just so much shit to collect. I I like the game. I like the ideas it had because it was be- I mean, it's beautiful. The music is great. Uh, sailing around the islands kind of gave me. Wind Waker vibes, in a sense, because you do actually get to do the sailing. You have a little boat you can customize in Zip Island to Island. There is fast travel in the game, but you can only fast travel from a dock to another dock. So that can be a little frustrating at times. And then you have, I didn't talk about this, when you're soul jumping into animals, you have like a soul jump like meter. And when that runs out, you're forced out of the animal. So as you're going around collecting all the collectibles on the map, uh, you can soul jump into a. If you soul jump into a bird and you're trying to fly to the opposite end of the island, you maybe have to soul jump into a bird like four different times because that meter is constantly running out, and that can get a little frustrating too on the collectible hunt. Let's see. I don't want to. I don't want to ding it too hard. 
I talked about the art style. It's a it's a beautiful game. It runs at sixty now. Nice. It the music is very very good. One of my favorite parts of the game is the music, and they do this little like guitar hero thing. So in these like bits of the game where music is being played, you'll get like a wheel that pops up, and Tachia is playing her little ukulele, and bars are coming off screen into this wheel from different directions, and you have to like move the thumbstick around to the direction that they're coming from and like hit square to strum. So like these cut scene, musical cutscenes become very interactive and there's a couple other instruments and they work in different ways, but I kind of like that guitar hero aspect to the, the song sections. Yeah. That's a pretty cool mechanic. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to make an appearance there. Yeah. It, it happens. I don't know, probably seven or eight times. I always felt like they were like very impactful too. Okay. They didn't feel like forced in They They add a lot to the story in my opinion and just kind of like the vibes. Cause it is kind of a sad, very sad game at times. Let's see the combat too. I didn't really talk about combat. There is combat, but that was another area where I felt like it could have done better. You fight these cloth monster things. And really all you have to do is bump into them with a burning object or throw something at them uh, that will explode and they go down in like one hit. So my strategy for the combat was turn into a piece of wood that was on fire and just roll around and bump into these bad guys. And then I would clear an enemy camp in like maybe 30 seconds tops. <laughs> so it's at its core, it's very basic. I think what makes me, I don't know. I feel like they could do so much with the premise. I I think the premise is very, very cool being able to soul jump into objects and animals and like interact with the world in different ways, but they don't really do anything with it. It's just for a traversal. It would have been cool to see like maybe large scale puzzles. They lean into it a little bit. There's some like uh, treasure chest you need to like cut open uh, because there's chains on the chest and you can like soul jump into a crab and you go up to the chain as this little crab and you can like, you know, chop the chain off with your little pincer but that's about as extreme as it gets on puzzle solving. I wish they leaned more into like making unique puzzles or dungeons to kind of expand on that gameplay element. And same with the combat. I think they could have done something really cool with the combat where maybe animals had different combat abilities and you actually had to fight a little bit more. And because those things were so simple, it really just felt like a collectathon at its core with a cool perk to get around. So I don't know if I can recommend it. I think it's an okay game, but I don't think it's as great as I was expecting it to be, but it doesn't take very long. I would say if you're interested in it, maybe it's worth it because it only takes about, I think my final runtime on it was like 17 hours. So you can do it pretty quickly. Just know that three quarters of that playtime is going to be collectible hunting. Yeah, that's oh. that's kind of a bummer. I, that's the thing that had turned me off from that game. Well, it was that in the frame rate initially was the two yeah. things. but. Yeah, this was one that launched like day and date on PlayStation. Was it the middle tier or was it essential? I can't remember now. I think it was extra. It was, it was extra. right in the middle because yeah. I played it off the subscription. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a very colorful, cool looking little game. I mean, the setting is really, I think, the most interesting piece in doing so. You know, I had not heard of New Caledonia before until this. So that's pretty cool. And I do like the platinum image as well. I think that's a nice. Fun little homage there to the arch. What's it called? The archipelago, I think it is. Archipelago. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty sick shit. Daryl, are you interested in Chia at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, 
I'm I'm definitely gonna, you know, I'm a little hesitant right now because after hearing Slugger's spiel on it, you know, this was a game I wanted to play, but having to have to work myself through a, a collectathon game, I'm not really all that hype about it anymore. Yeah. It, yeah, I. It's hard because the story's good, and like I said, just like the vibes, the music, the art, the art style, it's very pretty and fun to play up until you're collecting like your 50th pearl out of the ocean or opening your like 20th treasure chest. Like it, it just gets monotonous very quickly when you're doing cleanup. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool one. I'm glad you got that done. Seems like yeah. you, you had the mixed bag, but some fun moments, which is, which is yeah, for sure. For. Yeah. Nice. And, um, the other one that, I guess is individual to me is Marvel's Midnight Suns. That's right. Sick shit. Really, it's really sick shit. I'm loving this game so far. I actually played this recently, so this is or in the past, this is a cleanup for me. So I popped the tutorial trophy back in September, and then I forget why I dropped the game, but I dropped the game for some reason, and then am just now coming back around to it because I'm on a Marvel kick after Spider-Man Two, and um. I'm having now that I'm like really diving into this and like more of the game systems are open to me. I'm just absolutely loving every second with this. If you take like XCOM and smash it with like Slay the Spire or. Yeah, Slay the Spire is a good example. This is kind of what you get. Um, So it is at its core a tactical RPG, but it's I would say it's like very casual in a sense, too. Uh, You don't really have to worry about moving your character when you're in combat. You have a deck of cards in front of you based off what characters you choose. Uh, That deck of cards is like those characters' powers. And then you can make three card plays per turn. So you select a card, pick an enemy, attack. Your character will auto-move to the location of the enemy you selected and perform that attack. But you can... There's environmental like effects in play or environmental things in the combat arena too, like let's say an exploding barrel, for instance. So you do have one movement where you can take a character and move them in the heat of battle. And mainly you do that to set up those environmental attacks. So if I have an attack that knocks back an enemy 20 feet, I can move my character beforehand line up the shot so when I knock him back, he flies into this exploding barrel and, you know, the barrel explodes and all the enemies around that barrel go boom, boom. Boom, boom. And (laughs) you can keep, you can keep the, the deck building and the combat pretty casual. Like the initial decks and abilities they start you off with for each character are pretty good. So if you don't want to dive into the strategy side of things, you can keep it very basic and just run with the starting abilities. But I'm having a lot of fun going back, unlocking abilities, testing them in battle. Like the animation of all the abilities is awesome. I never get tired of seeing them. And then the gameplay loop itself is very, very satisfying and very, very addicting. If you've played XCOM, I think it worked pretty similar where you'll get like information about this mission to progress the story. You go on that mission, you get supplies, you bring those supplies back to the Abbey, which is like your common area in the game, your hub. And um, 
in the Abbey, you see all the characters you've unlocked so far. You can interact with them. Uh, as you talk with them, you can build or raise your friendship level with them if you choose the right uh, options in your conversations with them. As their friendship level increases, they can get stronger. Uh, they can get better perks. Uh, they'll start battles with like passives where like Spider-Man, for instance, I just got one for him. He gets like the fast perk, the fast perk at the start of battle. And there's just lots of things like that. Uh, Captain Marvel, after, because I leveled her friendship up, she starts with like a basic like shield now. She'll get like 30 extra like shield points on her health bar. Okay. Uh, so it makes sense to, or it it behooves you to go back and actually interact with these characters. Also in the Abbey, you can explore or sorry, other things you can upgrade. There's like the yard, which is the training ground. So that's where you upgrade all your abilities. You can spar with your partners in the Abbey, which will not only build your friendship, but it will increase their stats. And then you go to like the forge, which Tony Stark and Dr. Strange run. That's where you can like research new projects and improve the Abbey. So, and then there is the war room, which is where you can get like in challenge or in mission like challenges and then get extra rewards. So like the more you upgrade the war room, you'll get better chances to get better gear from the rewards. So you're doing all this stuff, battle back to Abbey, talk to people, upgrade the Abbey back to battle. And it's like each one of those loops takes maybe like 20 to 30 minutes. So each day, and I'm constantly telling myself like, all right, just one more, one more battle. Like I want to upgrade the Abbey one more time or just, just one more loop. I don't know. It's really addicting. I just finished the New York uh, set of story missions. So that's kind of like chapter one of the game, which has taken me probably about 10 to 15 hours. Uh, so it is a longer trophy hunt. But I will say, after putting this much time into it so far, I think it's a very easy trophy hunt. It's definitely not something like XCOM. Most of the things you're going to come are going to come naturally or you can easily clean up uh, doing challenge missions in the Abbey, which are like side missions. So really you do a good playthrough and you do a bad playthrough, all the miscellaneous you'll get on either one of those. And then, yeah, that's the platinum. So it's long, but man, this, this game is fantastic. I kind of hate that this went under the radar for a lot of people. And I don't think got the recognition it deserves because it's very, very good. Yeah. I know I was I agree with you on that. I don't know a lot of people who have played that game or talked about it even really. So I think it did fly under a lot of people's radar, which is weird because the studio is really talented. Obviously the studio that had done XCOM and then Marvel is such a Yeah, I don't know, maybe it hit at a point when like there's some Marvel fatigue all around and people just weren't as amped about it. I'm not sure. It's this is one of the first games in a while where like well, I can't say in a while. Um, but I can't stop thinking about it. I'm constantly like going to the trophy guide. I'm looking up like builds. I'm seeing what's important to upgrade and not important. Like I'm having an, I'm just having an absolute blast with it. It's very, very addicting in the best way possible. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It seems really cool. I I told you the other night, I've had many friends recommend it to me. Some of the more casual gamers that I know that I'm friends with have picked it up and really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's a great deal also on sale right now. I think you can get the PS5 Legendary or Ultimate Edition, whatever, that comes with a bunch of skins and the Season Pass 
for the four DLC, I think it's twenty dollars or twenty one dollars down from a hundred. So if you are interested in this game at all, now is a good time to look at it on the sale. Yeah, on that on that note, that's important to bring up. I would say if you're gonna buy this, just buy like the deluxe edition that comes with everything when it's on sale. All the DLC can be accessed accessed very early on in the game. So like on my team already, I have Deadpool, Venom, Morbius, uh, Storm. Actually, I got all the DLC characters now, which is I just got uh, Venom right before we came on. So it's cool to be able to like go through the main story with these DLC characters. I didn't I for some reason thought they would like be separate. So I would say they're absolutely worth buying the DLC for. That's great. Very sick. Daryl, does this do anything for you? I know you're not much of an XCOM guy, but Marvel, you're, you do like superhero stuff, so what do you think? Yeah, I'm not a big XCOM guy, but I, I have definitely <clears throat> enjoyed the Marvel stuff that they've been bringing out the last 10 years. So, I mean, this game is interesting. I don't know a ton about it, but I think when Slugger had interest in it, and then actually seeing him play it this week kind of had me thinking, oh, maybe uh, maybe this is a game I can check out. So it, it's definitely kind of piqued my interest for sure these last few days. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's on my radar now more than it's ever been. And the sale being going on right now, too, is a big part of that where I'm like, oof, man. So hearing the trophies, you know, are not too difficult to obtain is a nice thing to hear because i hadn't researched it much and it was one of those games where i was considering maybe even just getting it on the xbox side and treating it more casually and not hunting Mm -hmm. in it but if it's not too bad then it's like well maybe i would pick it up for playstation who knows who knows i I will say to the guide mentions two playthroughs i don't think it's two full playthroughs uh really the only thing forcing you into two playthroughs there's a trophy so in the game there's like light actions and there's dark actions Okay. And when you converse with people, you can say something where it's like, hey, this gives you a light point. Think of like Paragon, the Paragon system in Mass Effect. Exactly. Um, yeah. So and it very clearly tells you like, hey, if you say this, you're going to get, you know, light points. You just have to hit the max light level and the max darkness level. And it's easier to just in theory, you could go all the way up to light and then all the way back to darkness. But it makes more sense to just start a new game instead of like going from all the way good to all the way bad. So in your second run, in one run, you either go all good or all bad. But from my understanding, you hit this pretty early on. Like I'm actually pretty close to the light trophy and I'm only like 10 to 15 hours in. So you don't have to do a full playthrough. You just on your second playthrough, if you do the dark playthrough for your second, you would just have to make all the answers to everything you pick, the dark option, and you should get it relatively quickly. There's also actions in battle, which gives you light or darkness points. So in theory, you could create a deck full of dark abilities. So that way, every single battle and every single conversation, you're just like boosting up that darkness level and you should be able to hit it in a couple hours. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. No. Very cool. Well, yeah, I think another very interesting game here. Good pick. Good pick. Are you going to just keep grinding on that, you think? Is that your next big yeah i think so yeah i'm trying to be really good about like picking a game and sticking to it sure i feel that very good sir all right well i think that will take us to some overlap then right as yeah okay so what's up next for you what's and this one is one we've uh we've all played let's see i guess we'll go with older first 
Uh, I got the Platinum in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Nice. Amazing game. I don't know. I guess we, we can go more general. Like, here, my quick thoughts on it. Um, an improvement on the first Spider-Man in every single way. The new traversal abilities they have with the wingsuit gliding are awesome. I did way more gliding than I did web swinging, which I almost felt a little bad about. It's hard because this isn't a spoiler cast. <laughs> right. From a trophy perspective, though, I think your statements are also true that it's an improvement on the first game in pretty yeah, much I mean, every way. It's a very easy trophy list that they have you do, I think, everything in the game similar to the first one. Right. Uh, I think everything I got naturally. I don't think I really had to look anything up, which is always a big plus for me. I think I like peeked at the guide, saw there was no missables, and I thought, cool, just diving in. And I didn't look at the guide once. Same. Let's see. I thought the story was very good. It felt very impactful. I've heard this talked about before. The pacing does feel a little weird at times because <laughs> there is there'll be something major happening in the story. Like, oh my god, this thing, this monster is taking over the city. And then you <laughs> You leave the story mission, and it's like, well, I got some time to kill. I guess I'll go see what's going on at the school. Yeah. And then you go you go to the school, and you're helping, like, Joe ask out Bob for homecoming. And it's like, why? Like, the world's about to... New York City's about to be taken over. Mm-hmm. Why am I killing time right now? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I feel, um, I feel that. And then just want to force you that side con- content, which is fine, but um, it just feels a little out of place at times. And... Maybe that's because I was annoyed because it's like, just let me get back to the story. Like, I need, the story was so good. I'm like, I just want to see what happens next. Right. But yeah, there, I mean, there's some great gameplay twists, some really cool suit abilities you get later on in the game, which uh, make everything, they change everything up in a, in a very good way. Uh, I'm excited to see how that affects future Spider-Man games, trying to keep it very vague. Sure. Um just overall a great great experience i think both spider-man games are easily a must play if you own a playstation whether you're a spider-man or superhero fan or not they're just really great solid games yeah it looks like it's on the app it's at 17.6 percent already for the platinum it's above 70 i think it hasn't gone up to 71 just yet when i looked but it's it's a very common platinum more so even than the first game which the platinum had an 8.4 percent on the app so pretty incredible. I think they, they definitely trim down, and Daryl, I'll be curious what you think about this too. Like I think they, they certainly trim down the experience in terms of the side content down to just like really all that you need. And the activities are quick to do. The side content, it's snappy. There's maybe one or two side quest arcs that are a little bit more involved, which you're going to have to play for the Platinum anyway. But it's good that you do because just like in the first game, those side content pieces introduce you to other characters and villains that you might recognize from spider-man and things like that so it's worth checking out you know it's it's it runs absolutely beautifully too like the game has zero hiccups from what i experienced i know when it initially came out people were saying there were some bugs i didn't experience any bugs when i played it granted i played it in november so yeah i don't know i i totally agree with you i think it's a really fantastic game it obviously won my gold trophy for favorite trophy hunt of the year largely for what you listed you know not having to look at your phone a great story awesome mechanical mm-hmm. improvements and you know it doesn't overstay its welcome i think by the time it was done and i had the platinum i was like good like i'm ha- i'm very happy with that remains to be seen if we're going to get a new game plus 
trophy or two at some point for the game. I would assume we would, but um, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, yeah, but maybe not <laughs> DLC packs like the first game. So I'm not sure. We'll see. Maybe a Spider-Man roguelike. Yeah, roguelike Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daryl, anything to add from you on Spider-Man Two? Uh, no. I mean, what's been said is pretty much. Um, I pretty much feel the same way about it. It's it's an awesome game, easy trophy list. Um, I will say that you know Insomniac has been definitely killing it with their selection of villains for these games and like kind of like putting them in the spotlight. Like Mr. X was such a cool baddie in the first game and I I didn't really think they could follow it up with Craven when I found out that Craven was the big baddie or you know for the game um I, I was a bit skeptical you know I was like uh you know I'm kind of worried you know I, the the Craven I remember from the cartoons he, he didn't seem all that scary enough for, of a villain but when you kind of dive into his backstory in the game and um you know when he's introduced and you see like how massive an army he has and just all these technical technological things he has at his at his disposal and then there's like a, a few backstories as well where it really dives into like his uh, his family and stuff like that i thought dude this guy is crazy i'm so glad they chose him as the villain for this game um but yeah I, craven I was a cool 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 villain i i really like craven the boss fights with Craven were pretty cool, and um, yeah, dude, I I just like that that part where you're fighting him and he's like using the bell against you. That was a really cool fight scene. Oh yeah, that was very cool. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, he he was badass. The game is badass. Check it out if you're at all like you know it hasn't gone on sale yet. I don't think because it's still really new. So you know you could be waiting for a little bit if you're if you want to pick it up on the cheap. But by that point, probably. The new game plus update will be out. I think Insomniac said they're working on it actively. It should be, I don't know, a couple months from now that we'll see it. So I would assume, like we said, maybe one or two more trophies when that comes out. But yeah, Spider-Man 2, highly, highly recommend. Great game. I think Slugger would recommend it as well. Daryl, you would as well. Pick it up. Play it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, we also have another little overlap that you've been playing, Selger, but I, I think what I would like to do, actually, is to, just so I don't steal everything that he's going to say, Daryl, why don't you talk about this one first? <laughs> he's probably playing it right you're, now. He's probably playing it actively. Let's talk about God of War Valhalla, <laughs> the surprise drop DLC, free DLC from Sony Santa Monica, announced and released at the time of the Game Awards. Actually, I think it came out on the 12th, announced on the 7th at the Game Awards. I was very skeptical of this game. I will say that. I was bummed to have to return to Ragnarok after having the plat for a year and it just sitting there. My 100% got messed up again, so I had to go back. And man, what an experience. So tell me, what do you think about your time with Valhalla so far? Uh, so to start things off, I was pretty excited to get into this. Uh, I was a little, I was 50-50. So I was a little excited. I was a little bit concerned because... Um, I had just got the platinum for the game, so right away I was definitely going to jump into the DLC. There's no chance I was going to take and just leave this up on the shelf and play the, you know, sometime down the road. But when I heard that it was a roguelike, I've only played Inscription. That's the only game that comes to mind when I think of roguelike. So 
I got through that, which was cool, but like I haven't really experimented with a lot of roguelikes. So just the fact that God of War was going to take that chance with that uh, game element was kind of concerning for me because hadn't played enough of it and I wasn't really sure how that was going to transition into a game like God of War. But I got to say, I'm really enjoying it. I haven't played as much as the both of you, but I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Um, I stayed up pretty light last night just to do a couple runs and I was really like invested into it. I really wanted to see what the story was going to transpire into. Um, you know, I got pretty deep into the story. I don't want to give a, a lot of spoilers, but there was one scene in the game that I came across where you have to make a sacrifice. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, get him in there. I, I can't stand this guy. <laughs> then right away, dude, like freaking Kratos comes out of his like trance and then you see who's in there. You're like, dude, I really wanted to like bust through the screen and, and get my boy out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, what's going on? No, no, dude, I was freaking out and... It was, it was pretty cool just to have that kind of like for a game to like really have me invested into like the story and the characters it's pretty awesome it's an awesome experience but i'm having a lot of fun with it yeah it's not it's not too bad of a roguelike you know i'm just kind of like i'm not having too much of a, a hard time with it uh i'm just collecting everything trying to upgrade buy abilities stuff like that um, but at the moment, it, it seems okay. I'm sure it'll get harder as I do uh, some more runs. Maybe not. But mm-hmm. having fun with it, it is very fun. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool expansion so far. What, what difficulty are you playing on? You don't mind me asking. Yeah, I'm playing on the easiest. I'm oh, not, I'm not oh. playing around. All right, you're, all right yeah, you're, yeah, you're chilling then. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're chilling. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, I played on normal. Slugger, what did you play on for difficulty? I I was normal too. Yeah, and even still, I would say on normal, I did fail a couple runs, but most of the time I was succeeding. You know, most of my runs I completed without issues, which was pretty nice. I think you're right in that the as a roguelike, it's pretty cool for beginners because this is a very like contained experience, and while there is some random elements or you know things that are different every single time i pretty quickly got the lay of the land probably two or three runs in i was i felt very confident in my navigation of the space where i was going what upgrades i liked which things i wanted to go after so it kind of clicked for me really early on with the exception of the very first run where i completely forgot how to play the game or do specials or do any of my abilities and i just was like what is happening like i was really worried at first that it was going to take me a long time to pick up the controls again but luckily it it just works and i think for a free dlc the story is incredible i mean slugger i don't know what you think i was like very surprised i think they could have charged 10 bucks for this easy and i would have paid yeah it. definitely yeah so what are your thoughts on your time with valhalla yeah, I agree with everything both of you guys said. Even as like the resident roguelike fan, I think like there's a lot here. Like for a little free DLC roguelike add-on, like this could be its own roguelike game. Obviously, it would probably be a bit longer, but like the gameplay is good, the upgrades are very satisfying. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the Marvel Midnight Sun loop, like it creates such a satisfying loop where you go and you finish a run and you gather all your or uh, you get all your supplies and stuff that you picked up on the run. And then you go back to the beach and 
you talk to the different vendors to buy new equipment, which makes you stronger and stronger for each sequential run run that, I mean, at its soul, that's what a roguelike is, but it just creates a very addicting, uh, gameplay loop, which similar to what I'm doing now with Marvel midnight suns, I kept telling myself like, I'll just do one more run. I'll just do one more run. And next thing I know, it's like two in the morning and I need to go to bed. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I, I was honestly concerned I was going to struggle uh, quite a bit because I hadn't played the game since it launched and I got the Platinum, but I was able to pick it up fairly easily. I did go into the gameplay, the tutorial menu. I think a little pop-up even comes up and it's like, hey, if you haven't played the game in a while, like you can hold the touchpad right now and we'll bring up the controls to refresh on everything. So I had to go back in and look up all the different, like you get the dodge circles and the parry circles and all that stuff. I forgot all that. So it wasn't too bad to dive back into early on. It resulted in a few of my deaths. But like I said before, even if you're with the roguelikes, even if you're dying, you're still making incremental progress to get stronger and stronger. So while it does feel punishing, it's also rewarding in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, so the gameplay is good. It's I mean, it's got a war gameplay. The story, too, I think it just adds more complexity and layers onto kratos's story um it really rewards uh, you if you've played the old games i'll say that if you've played god of war one through three you're gonna get way more out of this dlc yes i would agree too. the through the story kratos does a lot of self-reflection of his past actions and it's very cool to kind of like get his thought process and then hear other stories like or hear other characters thoughts on those actions because they're so separated from it. They only know it through his stories and what they're seeing in the DLC. Trying not to spoil anything, but right. It it gives, I don't know. The self-reflection Kratos goes through, I think is cool because it's kind of like, it felt like a learning moment for him. Like, Oh, like this shit was like, you know, the actions from the old games were way more complex. It wasn't just go and, kill god x because i hate him like there was way there was way more reasoning behind all the actions i was taking i really like that Mm -hmm. um just a lot of really good character building in my eyes for kratos so yes i'm trying to it's hard to like skirt around the edges because i really don't want to spoil it it's new um Uh, yeah i'd say yeah i agree if you're god of war fan just check it out it doesn't take long to 100 percent. it's it's good yeah i think it took me about six and a half or seven hours i did it in three different sessions to get everything and it sounds like the trophies would some of them would be a little more annoying to go for but honestly they all just come very naturally like most of them are story related there's a few that as long as you experiment with your build and just don't run the same thing every time you're gonna get the mastery quest trophy completed one thing i wanted to call out is there's a trophy called wayfarer which is to visit all nine realms in valhalla and in order to make sure that you get this, just make sure you pick different starting weapons after the first room every time. Because basically the very first room you do, it'll offer you an upgrade for a, a main weapon right away. That's always the first thing you get. If you choose the same one every time, that is the seed that is going to determine what other realms you go to. So you want to pick different realms or sorry, different weapons to make sure you get all of the realms. And I actually popped that trophy earlier than the guide said I would because I was just experimenting more with my build. So that was cool. 
And then there's another one, um, which is Easy Come, Easy Go, reference to Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen. And that is to acquire more than 15,000 fleeting echoes on a single attempt. And fleeting echoes are like your currency you earn in run that you can only spend and run. And this seems like a lot when you're initially playing. But like you talked about, Slugger, you can upgrade on the beach after each run. There's a couple upgrades I recommend that you go for later on as you are going for this trophy, which is the amount of echoes you gain per encounter. You can upgrade that, I think, four times. And you can also upgrade the amount of starting echoes that you have with you. This is a at-one-time trophy, too. It's not cumulative for your run. So you need to like not spend any of them either until you have that number. The thing is, if you have both of those upgrades I told you about equipped and you are going for another trophy called Fight at the Forum, you will basically automatically get this trophy. It's very hard, yeah. <laughs> very hard to not get it. So you don't really have to go out of your way, honestly, to get any of these. Um, and then the last one that's a little weird, the you again trophy for finding all three boat captain keys. You just need to do that. I mean, you just need to play the game a little more than you would for the story trophies you'll get all the story trophies done and then if you do like two more runs you'll get that trophy that'll probably be the last one you get in the game and you'll be done so again not too bad at all six to seven hours it's free really good free dlc i highly recommend it i played this right after i played the final fantasy 16 dlc which was 10 bucks and i have to say the ff16 dlc was definitely not as good as the valhalla one and it charged 10 bucks so you know hmm. Uh, I mean, it's worth playing. I'm I'm glad I played the FF16 one, and I got the trophies for it. But like, the Valhalla DLC is better. Really good value. All right. Um, and Slugger, I think that's all of the stuff you've done, right? Is that all? Yeah. I mean, there's more, but I'm not. That's what I want to cover. So. Okay. Very good. Well, and Daryl, we talked about Valhalla for you. We talked about Spider-Man too. But what other stuff have you been playing? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing really. I mean, God of War is really all I've been playing since uh, the last episode we had what we've been playing. Sure. So that's really taken up a lot of my time. Platinum 82, uh, awesome story. I actually I actually really like this story just a little bit more than in God of War 2018. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I could not stop playing. And uh, just, you know, I, I felt like the, the culmination of the Norse saga was very satisfying for me. Very good story. Yeah. I, I really, oh gosh, that ending, dude. I, I really teared up at the ending. <laughs> yeah, the, the ending is, is really, really intense. For sure. It, it, it was a tearjerker, man. There's just a lot of things going on at the very end. And then, um, you know, just... We gotta have a spoiler class, a spoiler cast about this. <laughs> so I really want to talk about the ending. But, oh god, it's know, like I now I need to, it. I need to replay it now because I don't really remember the end story. I mean, I know the big big picture stuff, but I don't remember the beat to beat moments as well now. When you're out, which is a bummer. Yeah, it's more more of that uh, that last moment uh, yeah. at the very end. Yeah, I don't want to say anymore. But yeah, God of War's all I've been playing, basically. Yeah. This, oh gosh, this may or may not be a spoiler. I'm going to say it anyway, though, because I don't think it is. But plug your ears for 15 seconds if you really, really are concerned. I'll give you a second here. Okay, so in Valhalla, have you noticed how the journal entries are Kratos writing to Atreus? If you look yeah. up, like, the bestiary entries and stuff as you pop them and everything? I thought that was a I really like, nice little touch. 
Yeah, it is a nice touch. If you're listening, I, those are worth reading every journal entry that pops up because yes. it's almost like he's writing to him because he's away. Yep. So yep. really good lore stuff there. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, cool, man. I'm glad you got that done finally, Daryl. Although I hear I have to call you out on something, okay? Because you told me for this game and for Valhalla now, you're playing on easy. Okay? Now, I know you don't have to play on anything for the trophies, but you were the guy in 2018 who played it on Give Me God of War. Wolfenstein broke him. Right? And so now <laughs> you've gone from one extreme to the other. You're not even doing normal anymore. You're just doing easy. I don't know, dude. I don't My know. man's in retirement. I don't know. Is he is he good anymore? Question? I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> it, I it, I pick and choose which games I, I would like to, you know, put myself through. Right. Through the, all that mental torture and you know, I, I choose which game. God of War is definitely a narrative game. I really wanted to enjoy the story. You guys already know what happened when I played it on Give Me God of War. <laughs> Absolutely worst decision ever. Yeah. Did not remember the game after I beat it. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I'm just I'm just giving you shit. At some point when I go get the Ravens finally in God of War 2018, I'm just going to play through it again on easy. <laughs> so yeah, I feel you. Cool. Anything else you want to say about Ragnarok? I know it's tough because we can't, we don't want to spoil story stuff. But anything else that you wanted to go over there? What was your guys' uh, favorite really. favorite weapon? I think we talked about this when we played the Ooh. original game, but uh, did it change in the DLC? Yes, it did change for me. Uh, my favorite was the axe in 2018 and in Valhalla, or sorry, in Ragnarok. In Valhalla, I came to use the drop near spear a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, I kept getting, and you'll probably see this too, Daryl. I kept getting really interesting build ideas from the spear. So I would get upgrades where it was like thrown things do more damage, just flat out. So your thrown spears are just better. Uh, I would get things where it's like after you throw a spear, the next spear you throw has a random elemental damage effect. So you'd throw like four or five spears at someone and they'd be on fire, poisoned and frozen, <laughs> you know, and you're like, <laughs> That's a shit. Cool one. Yeah. Nice. And then I got this other one where it was like, when you do your sprint animation into your R one attack, it does extra stagger, like significantly extra stagger, stagger and damage. So basically my build was just run around, stab someone with a spear, then like roll away and just throw a bunch of shit at them and detonate it. And I could just kill <laughs> just anybody with that. And I, I had a ton of fun. So mine's the spear for sure. Nice. I used the axe for the 2018 and Ragnarok, but midway through Ragnarok, I switched it up to the spear. I really like the spear a lot. And just the, the fact that Kratos was like, this is the first weapon of Spartan Masters. I was like, let's go. I'm changing. <laughs> yeah. I'm changing my weapon. <laughs> yep. And then in Valhalla, I'm actually liking the blades a lot. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I've kind of I have kind of had a mix of uh, weapons over the last couple games. Interesting. That's probably good. I'm sure the developers would love to hear that though. Be like, oh yes, they're all well balanced. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're they're all good. I mainly went with what the build gave me, but I think my favorite, I, mine was similar to Daryl, where it was like it was the axe for God of War 2016, and the, or the first one in this game and then Ragnarok was the axe most of the way. And then I switched to spear in the second half of the game. And then Valhalla, uh, chaos blade builds became my favorite. I loved every time I got really good chaos blade perks and could start with that weapon. 
That's awesome. I don't really know why, though. Man, I don't know. It just felt fast and strong. Like you said, there was that sprinting attack yeah. perk, which was very common for me. And I I abused the hell out of that, where I'd run away from an enemy and then sprint back to him and do my sprinting attack and then run away again. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just a significant boost in damage. Well, I had that, and then like I would couple it with the thing where you, when you're sprinting, you had like increased resistances and defense or whatever. So like you just would take less damage sprinting around, and you would just you know fucking mollywop people when you hit them. It was uh, yeah, it was dude, it was pretty sick. I yeah, I had some cool, some fun builds in there. I think they did a good job with their power ups. Definitely. All right, well, very good. So I only have uh, I'll really quickly just mention this because if you're someone who's friends with me on PSMP, you may have mo- noticed I'm playing the 2018 Spider Man recently, and I. It decided to pick it up. It wasn't on sale. I paid $40 for this for the PS4 Game of the Year edition because I'd never done New Game Plus or the DLC, and I don't own the disc physically anymore for Spider-Man. And yeah, so I have decided to go back and do that. I am, according to the in-game tracker, 45% complete on my first save file. I'm just an idiot because the problem is I can't help myself, dude. I'm doing every activity in the game again. All the thug crimes, all the collectibles, all the side missions. I'm 100%ing every dis- district, and I don't need to. All I need to do is beat the game so I can start New Game Plus in the DLC, but I'm not doing it. I'm basically doing a brand new, fresh run. So I've been doing that. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I haven't earned any trophies in it yet. All of that is going to happen at the end. But the main other thing I've been playing, and I'll try to be brief because I'm going to talk about the story and a lot of that part of the game on Kevin's show is Shadow of the Colossus PS4 version. Now, this is a cleanup game for me. It was previously sitting at 2%. I have raised that up to 50% already. So nice. made, made some really good progress. Thank you. And I think this game is incredible. I don't know. I mean, I know how I missed it. It was an exclusive for the PlayStation ecosystem, and I just never got around to it. I don't, but the thing that's surprising to me is I didn't have a lot of people in my life who were gamers on the PlayStation side who just you know, who never talked to me about this game. They never told me. I never heard its praises sung other than I just knew that for a lot of people, it was like one of their favorite games, you know, on the internet, right? You just hear from these these big news outlets how people that work there really like the game and how it's, you know, it's a very artistic game and all this stuff. So I picked it up back when it launched. I played two bosses and for whatever reason, I just dropped it. I don't know if the controls intimidated me, which the controls in this game do take some getting used to. I don't think they're nearly as bad as people have said they are. Like, so Bluepoint did the remaster for this game, and they created a modern control scheme for it because the old control scheme was so very weird and archaic. Even with the new control scheme, though, plenty of people will complain about this. Like, if you go on the PSM profiles page, there's a lot of people who, in the comments, like for the forums on the side, are talking about uh, how bad the controls are. I just don't agree. Like, is it a little weird? Sure. But how bad are you at games is my question. Like, it's not that hard. Come on. And part of the the stuff comes from being willing to let the game do its thing. So what I mean by that is you ride this horse around this giant landscape. This is basically the gameplay in the game is you're going around. It's 16 different bosses you have to kill. In between each boss, you start from the same location at this shrine and you're traveling on your horse to the next boss and where you're going to have to figure out how to defeat it. That's sort of the gameplay loop. So it's just travel, boss fight, travel, boss fight. 
the traveling piece on the horse, they designed the horse in such a way that it doesn't listen to every single one of your commands. <laughs> and, and the game also doesn't tell you all the controls, right? You have to like experiment to figure them out. But here's the deal, okay? If you just hold down the triangle button when you're on the horse, which is to gallop, normally the game tells you to just tap it and that'll suggest to the horse if you do it enough that he'll try to gallop and then he'll stop or he'll turn and he'll go a different way, whatever. You just hold down the triangle button. The guy gallops, sorry, it's a girl, aggro, gallops constantly. And then you just control it with the left stick, no problem. Zero issues. I have no idea what people are so upset about. And as far as like the rest of the game's controls, is it a little bit weird to have some of the action items on like right trigger instead of X or square to pick something up? Sure. But it's very, very simple. There's like four buttons you use in the game. So if that is putting you off from this game, if you've been hearing like, oh, it controls really poorly, whatever, uh, I don't listen to that. Okay. Looking at you, Art Montef on PSN Profiles with their post of the terrible <laughs> controls are a huge turnoff in 52 replies. Get good. Okay. It's not that hard. Called out. <laughs> it's really not that hard. Um, okay. So after that, Just though. Buy a DualSense Edge. Buy a DualSense Edge. Or this is the thing I've been clawing on this game because I'm using my pointer finger to hold down the triangle button and the other two to control stuff so it's been interesting but the other thing that's really cool about this game from a trophy perspective is it's very much so like a resident evil game and that will resonate with both of you guys i think in that the first run is going to be more experimental it's going to take the longest right you're gonna you're gonna be figuring out boss patterns you're going to be figuring out movement and specific areas you need to go and the sequencing and that playthrough took me about six hours to do. So not bad at all on normal. And my second run, which I finished last night on hard mode, took me two hours and 31 minutes. Okay. So it drastically reduces. On top of that, there's a time attack mode where you can beat all of the bosses on hard mode and on normal. So there's 16 of them. Every two bosses that you beat, you get an item which I haven't done this yet, so I'm not sure what the items are, but I've been told and been reading that the items make your future playthroughs that much quicker and easier. Like, they're either a buffed-up sword, or maybe you take reduced damage, you get different types of arrows, that kind of a thing. Mm. And if I could beat it in two and a half hours on hard mode without any of those items, I am sure that you could get this game down to like an hour and 45 minutes per run. The reason that that's important is because there is trophies in this. There's a gold trophy called Intrepid Mortal, which is to max out Wander's health and stamina bars. So in the game, you have a health bar and you have a stamina bar. Works a lot like uh, Wind, not like Wind Waker, sorry, like Breath of the Wild, how you were describing Slugger, where anytime you're climbing or in Chia, anytime you're climbing or holding on to something or swimming, you use stamina. And to kill these Colossus, you need to climb them, find their weak points, explore the environment. So you need to have a big stamina bar. But every time you kill a Colossus, you get a very small permanent upgrade to your health and to your stamina. In addition to that, around the world, there are very well-hidden and pretty elegant collectibles that I'm not going to spoil for you that are optional. There's no trophy to get them all, but when you get them, each one will slightly increase either your, your stamina or your health. All right, so you have two options to max out this stat. Even with doing that, though, it takes probably five playthroughs to max out your stats. And you're just going to keep doing New Game Plus on any difficulty using the same save file as your starting point, and it'll keep your stats. So eventually, you will have to play this game probably five or six times. So that, that could be a turnoff for you, but I, I hope I've made the case that the playtime is pretty short. Let's call it 30 hours to do that. 
So after you've done all that, there's a couple trophies at the end game that suddenly become available to you. One of them is called Fruit of the Garden, to taste the poisoned fruit. And another is called uh, Reach the Gate, which is to cross the bridge to the entrance of the Forbidden Lands. Now, both of these don't sound too crazy, but in order to get them, you have to get on top of the shrine that you start each of your runs at. And this shrine is climbable from the outside, but in order to get to the top, because it's so big, you need a maxed out stamina bar. So those are going to be the last two trophies, basically, that you get in the game. So sort of the sequencing is you play the game on normal, play the game on hard, do the time attacks on hard, time attacks on normal, and then one or two more runs should get you the stats you need to climb to the top of the the shrine and get the last few trophies. Um, There's a couple other miscellaneous trophies in there that I don't really... They're pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to go into too much detail. There is one, though, to call out before I finish up here, which is called Animals of the Land, which is a bronze trophy to interact with a dove, a hawk, a fish, and a turtle. Sounds pretty goofy. So in this landscape, it's pretty much empty. The game doesn't really tell you why. There's still trees and plant life and things like that, but there's not a whole lot of animals around, and it's very dead feeling. However, there are very specific areas you can see some very sparse wildlife. So in the shrine that you start off with, there's doves uh, every time you start out there, and they're near a certain thing in the shrine that I don't want to spoil for you, but you'll see them for sure. If you run up to them and jump and hold the right trigger, which is to grab you will grab onto one of these doves and it'll start to fly away with you before you pull it back to the ground because you're too heavy. (laughs) I didn't know this was even possible. Never tells you to do this for any reason. You don't need to do it for any reason other than the trophy. So that's how you get the dove. The hawk trophy is very similar. There's certain hawks that fly around and they will follow you when you're galloping on your horse. If you hold the right trigger down and tap forward X, again, the game does not tell you how to do this, you will stand up on your horse while it's galloping, which in and of itself looks really fucking cool. But then you can jump from that horse to the hawk. Same thing. Hold the right trigger down to grab it. The hawk will fly you around way better than the dove can. And in the old game on PS3, you had to do this for 30 seconds in one go to get a trophy. This time you just need to ride it for a little bit. So that's the dove. That's the hawk. There is one small pool of water in the game. Uh, which I won't spoil where it is, but you will, you'll notice it. Explore the water when you get into it, and only one of these bodies of water, and you encounter many, only one of them has fish, and there's only about two fish in them, but the same thing. Swim towards it, hold the right trigger, the fish, the fish will start pulling you along, and you'll just uh, you'll get that one counted. And then last and not least, the turtle is, there's one little oasis in this desert area of the map that looks like there's a bunch of rocks near it, but when you get closer, they're little turtles. And all you have to do for that is walk towards one of the turtles. Your character will trip on it and fall, and that will pop the trophy for you. So that is a, a random miscellaneous one that you probably would not ever need to go for or try to do. But uh, I thought that trophy was really funny to basically just try to ride a dove around <laughs> and watch it crash into the ground. It's some cool shit. And yeah, I, I think this game is incredible. I really, really, really recommend this game. If you can sort of get behind the minimalist structure. There's very little exposition. They don't tell you a lot, but the landscape is beautiful and the music, the, the, the cutscenes and the music are absolutely incredible. So yeah, I really recommend this game. This version is the easiest platinum of the versions. If you did the PS3 remaster, it's a much harder trophy hunt. That platinum sits at about a three and a half percent on PSMP. This one is 7.46. Yikes. So this one is not quite <clears throat> an ultra rare, 
but it's still challenging enough. And uh, yeah, I really, really think that you should play this game. I think it was free on PS Plus at one point, Daryl told me. So if you own it, check it out. I will be continuing to play it, and I will be talking about it soon uh, as far as the story goes uh, with Kevin. So you can look forward to catching that later. Any interest from you guys in this game? Uh, yes. And that sigh is because I have two trophies in the PS3 version. <laughs> Oof! Oof! I wonder what makes it so much harder. So basically, the collectibles I was telling you about. Yeah. You are required to find every single one. I'm sorry, the PS3 version is a 2.45% platinum. So 1% lower than what I thought. You have to find all of them. And I guess I can just tell you. So the, the way that you increase your health is there are trees on the map that have fruit growing from them. And they don't look like anything particularly crazy. But if you shoot them down and eat them, every one gives you a very small increase to your health. And then for the stamina, there are lizards that are running all over the map. But the ones you want have a blue tail. And there are very specific locations for these. And there's a set number, number of them on the map. You have to catch them, kill them, eat the tail. That gives you a stamina increase. So for the PS3 version, you need to find all the fruit and all the lizards. The only way that you can do that is that you get a map from completing the time attack on hard that shows you where they're at. However, on the PS3 version, the time attacks are much more strict in what they ask you to do. Like they'll, they're probably a minute on average less time to work with than the PS4 counterpart. So the bosses are harder. They shake more. All that same stuff from hard mode, and you get less time on the PS3 version than mm. you do on the others. So I think that is really where it comes from, because a lot of the other stuff is the same. There's a couple different miscellaneous trophies, but um, then there's that one I told you to hang on to the hawk for more than 30 seconds. And yeah, otherwise, it's basically just that. Killed all the shining lizards and acquired all the fruits in the world. Those are the rarest trophies over there. So Gross. Yep. Yep. I mean, I still don't think it would be horrible, but it is going to be harder. I still think you should do it, though, for sure. Daryl, any uh, interest from you? I mean, you've only been talking about it the last few days, so I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of inclined to check it out at this point. <laughs> Good. Dude, I was walking to the bathroom at work, and Colin was like 50 feet away. All I hear is, Daryl, you better check out that Shadow of Colossus. <laughs> yeah, I yelled. I, I yelled. around, though. <laughs> I yelled it across the parking lot at him. <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. All right, well, very good. Very good. I, I hope you guys check it out. I hope you all have enjoyed chatting about what games we've been playing, some good Patreon questions, and, of course, teasing our new contest here beginning in February. Remember, look forward to an official post that talks about those rules in a couple weeks' time as we get closer. I think that's going to do it for us here on episode 101. So, Daryl, before we go, where can people get in touch with you at? Discord. PlayStation Profiles, and PS Native at the Tall Simone Guy. Yes, sir. Slugger, what about you? Where should people find you at? Uh, Discord and PSN Profiles and the PlayStation Network at SluggerJD. You can find me on Twitter at Slugger underscore JD. Yes, sir. And you can find us at Trophy Talk Pod on X or Twitter. Again, we talked about Patreon before. You can find us there. Of course, our Discord channel. You can find me personally in Discord, PSNP, YouTube and Twitch at CK present also on Xbox at CK present. So basically the same thing everywhere until next time, guys, happy gaming, take care and goodbye.